everyone happy thursday i hope you guys are doing good today oh my gosh it's a lot going on and we are definitely going to get into it make sure y'all's hands are raised i want to hear from teachers people who work in the school system it is a lot a lot of things have changed even from the time you know when i was in school and i just had to give my hat up to these teachers they are going through a lot and we're going to, you know, we're going to get into that. But before um, we even go there, I want to let you guys know that this is the last official um, Green Room show. If you guys do not know, we have been using the Spotify Live slash Green Room since about 2021. And um, we tried hard to make it pop, but it looks like only the tea sippers, <laughs> the tea sippers really had this app lit. Um, this app, unfortunately, they will be shutting down at the end of this month. Um, it hasn't been too much engagement. And so they are going to close it down. But I love this. I, I love the app. Um, I love coming on here once or twice a month, you know, listening to you guys, allowing you guys to speak and get things off your chest and give your opinions. So, yeah, the Spotify Live app will be no more as of April 30th. Um, I worked really closely with the team and they were a bunch of really great developers and guys. And so it's really sad for me as well. Um, I love the Green Room song. I'm like, dang, where else can we play the song now? Because that's one of like out of all my theme songs. It's probably one of my favorite theme songs. Um, so yeah, Enjoy us while we have each other. Um, right now, we have over 600 people in here. So shout out to everybody in here. I thank you guys for joining me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot going on. I am trying to work on creating a new app um, to do something similar, and I will keep you guys posted. But in the meantime, we're going to you know have a good conversation and rock out like we always do on Spotify Live. And just I want to thank you know the guys who made this app for all their hard work, because us tea sippers, we really enjoyed it. So if you guys do not know, there is a huge teacher shortage going on. A lot of teachers are quitting in droves. Teachers are fed up with misbehavior. As you guys know, I have family who work in the school system, and, you know, it, it's been a lot. <laughs> we went through a lot, you know, these past few months. If you guys are in the Discord, you guys know you know, what all happened. I'm not going to talk about it on here. But um, it was a lot, a lot of very emotional days. Um, these kids are off the chain. It's a lot of stuff going on. And it's not just here in Minnesota. It's in Florida, LA. It's just all over the nation. So I want to go ahead and play you guys um, a clip real quick of a teacher in Florida talking about why he's fed up. Anything that you're not able to hear will be in the post-production, but I'm going to go ahead and play it right now for you guys. I actually got to speak with a few teachers. One of them actually decided to go on camera with me, but they all tell me this. It's one of the most difficult times in their careers. Wow, this is always a tough job. 
Brevard County High School teacher Dan Bennett says the word frustrated doesn't cover it. He's been a teacher for almost 30 years. These days, he says they're spending more time disciplining students than teaching them. There are just so many, so many issues and behaviors that we're dealing with right now, uh, and it, it, it does seem to be getting worse. The chairman of the Brevard County School Board tells me 42 teachers and eight bus drivers have quit since school started in August because of students' misbehavior. Board members are afraid more will quit too. Here is the latest example. A few weeks ago, middle school students sent us a video of a Brevard County bus driver yelling at kids while they asked her to let them off. The hysteria started when two kids began misbehaving. Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey promises to get tough on students who get out of hand. If you're a little snot that's coming to our classes to be disruptive, you might want to find someplace else to go to school because we're going to be your worst nightmare starting right now. Parent and child psychologist Christy Salinas says some students need better resources at school and she believes bad behavior issues may start at home. How many have an individualized education plan in place or have been identified for, you know, trauma issues and are getting access to school counseling? Um, you know, we need to ask questions uh, like why. At this point, people are looking for answers and uh, we don't have them yet from the district. All right. So you guys just heard a snippet of that clip. On top of that, you guys, though, we posted video that's literally gone viral on my Instagram page of um, teachers and students fighting. I believe it was a month ago we had a young lady fight her teacher and she literally broke the teacher's leg. Very disturbing video. And I'll put that in post-production. On top of that, yesterday, there was another fight that went viral. I posted on Discord and on Instagram. I'm sure many of you guys saw it. There was a substitute teacher. She took one of the students' phones, and the little girl got upset. She wanted her phone back. She took a swipe at the teacher, and the teacher instantly just started fighting her. They were bombing. All of a sudden, they fall on the ground, and all you see is two giant rump roasts, okay? All you see is the teacher's ass cheeks, okay, hanging out of her damn skirt. And I'm like, there's so much going on here. First of all, teacher, where are your panties? Let's start there. Second of all, how did it even get to the point where you have teachers and students rolling around on the ground? Like, I just, I don't understand it because, again, I come from a day and age where, there was a certain level of respect when you saw a teacher or even an elder. You know what I'm saying? There was no room to even get smart with your teacher. Even if you were having a bad day, you knew how far you could take it. And from what I'm hearing in the schools, it's crazy. You can tell some of these kids good morning. They will cuss you out, call you out your name. And as a teacher, you're supposed to just take it. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And I remember when we were growing up, I think one of the issues, too, from talking to family members of mine in the school system is that there's no more consequences for a lot of these kids. And you have a lot of these kids who are professional disruptors. They love drama, they love chaos. And there's no more in-school suspension. When we were young, there was ISS. So if you wanted to be disruptive and disrespectful, you got sent down to ISS, which was in-school suspension. And you sat there for a whole hour, nothing to do. All you had was pen and paper. And that was it. Yeah, they got rid of ISS. Um, there's no after school detention. I remember getting after school detention in the eighth grade um, and I had to find a way home. 
I had to basically beg my principal for a dollar to get on the city bus to go home because there was no one to pick me up after school. So guess who never had after school detention again? Me. Because there were consequences if you acted up in the classroom. None of that is available. Um, so what's happening now is that you have the inmates, quote unquote, the students running the asylum. And these teachers, there's nothing they literally can do. Kids can have cell phones in class. They can wear baseball caps. I remember being sent to ISS because I didn't get a chance to do my hair. I was running late and I grabbed my baseball cap and I wore it to English class. And my English teacher told me to take it off. And I was like, no, I'm not taking it off because I didn't do my hair. She said, if you're not going to take off your hat, go down to ISS. And rightfully so. So I went down to ISS, the most boringest time of my life. And guess who? This was freshman year. You know, freshmen are always crazy. This was freshman year. Guess who never went back to ISS after that day? Me. All I needed was one time to go to boring ass ISS. Guess whose hair was done every day after that day? Mine. Why? Because there were consequences. And in this day and that, in this day and age, there's no consequences for these kids. You know, when you're young, of course you make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Just like myself. Like I said, I went to ISS before. I had after school detention. But because of those consequences, it made me want to do the right thing because I knew if I had more after school, you know, detention, there was nobody to come pick me up. I couldn't get on the school bus. I didn't have the money to be riding the school bus. I mean, the riding the city bus unnecessarily. So this is not just going on in the classroom, but also on the school bus. And it's the point now where bus drivers that I know who drive the school bus, they're not even allowed to kick the kids off the bus anymore. Before, if you acted out on the bus, you would be suspended off of the bus. You'd be kicked off for a few days and your parents had to find a way to get you home. Okay. Yes. Uh, somebody also mentioned Saturday school. We also had Saturday school in back in the day. There's no more Saturday school now. In a lot of schools, there's no Saturday school. So there's no consequences. So if you would get off, kicked off the bus, your parents would have to find you a ride. Well, now they're saying, oh, you can't kick these kids off the bus. You know, they're poor students. Their parents are struggling. So now there's no more kicking kids off the bus. So these kids have now just ran amok. So recently we have posted a viral story of a school bus driver who was at her wit's end. And she basically cussed out all of the kids and ended up quitting and she was an older white woman. And of course, I've noticed when it's older white teachers or older white bus drivers, because there was one a few years ago, who go crazy and snap, there tends to be a GoFundMe for them at the end of the rainbow, right? There's a GoFundMe, people feel bad, they're held heroes. But people like my family and others, just hardworking teachers, there's no pot of gold for them when they're abused. There's no pot of gold for them at the end of the rainbow when they go through traumatic experiences with these students. And my heart goes out to people who put their, you know, put themselves on the line because they're there because they love the students and they want the best for them and they end up hurt on the job. We've seen videos um, of this huge kid. He was like six foot four who beat up a female teacher because she took his Nintendo DS or Nintendo Switch. You know, so this lady lucked up. I'm gonna play a snippet of her video right now. Why does the rules not apply to everybody it else? That's my phone. Everybody. No, you did not keep nobody else's phone. And you finna give me my shit. Don't touch me. That's on my mom. Don't touch me. Girl, don't touch me. Girl, don't touch me. Girl, don't touch me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. 
Students will face criminal charges for phys physically attacking her teacher. Justin, this is something everybody was talking about today. Students, teachers, and of course, parents have their opinions. We spoke to parents on both sides of this. They have some very interesting opinions. We also spoke to a witness who saw it all. Heritage High School students had their phones out Thursday. While this ninth grader and her teacher got into an argument that escalated to an attack. Oh my God. Punching her. Okay, is that girl in jail? Students told me she was transported to the juvenile detention center and a Rockdale County School District Administrator said that student will face criminal charges. After this parent watched the entire video that shows the teenage girl get in her teacher's face, then put her hands on the teacher, she said there's never a reason for things to go this far. And all these other kids, they should have got up and done something. I mean, why you let them treat a teacher that way? We got permission to speak to a student who saw the whole thing. Was it scary at the time? It wasn't scary, it was shocking. She's a pretty good teacher, but how she talk, I'll say she talk with aggression. How she talk to kids is not a proper way to talk to them. His mother agrees. What I think the problem is, is the teachers are not taking a class to how to deal with children. You have to learn uh, the escalation techniques to help those kids versus aggravate a situation.
I told you last night on News 5 at 11 about the Amherst School District investigating a video that has now gone viral. It features one of its bus drivers. Now, in that video, the driver pulls over her school bus and proceeds to use inappropriate language, even obscenities directed at the students on board. It was cause for concern for some, but not everyone felt that way. Tonight, for the first time, we hear from the bus driver at the center of it all who says she is shocked by the amount of support she is receiving since this incident. News 5's Jesse Schultz has more. My foot's gonna be so far up your This video has been viewed nearly three million times, showing an irate Amherst bus driver screaming at students on the bus. I'm ready to walk off this bus right now and let you people walk the home. It's the opposite of the Jackie Miller who sat down with me Friday evening. It is out of character for me. She's been a bus driver like for 15 years, the last two with Amherst schools, and says she loved her job and her kids. They were so much fun. I got to spend just a few minutes every day with them, but I, I, I was lucky because I had great kids. Excuse me, what did I just but claims what you saw on that video was the culmination of a year's worth of frustration. Frustration, she says, she asked school administrators to address. My requests for help were ignored. Miller says it all stems from a small group of junior high students who consistently bullied other students, were disruptive and distractive. And Wednesday, she snapped. This was my breaking point. The video blew up. Some parents were appalled by Miller's actions, calling her unprofessional and out of pocket. When you threaten physical violence against children, you lose all of what you were going to say. Miller resigned that night, suspecting she would be fired. It was definitely the right call on getting rid of the bus driver. But what she never expected, the majority of parents and strangers who supported her. Hashtag team bus driver. People like Jackie Adkins. People have bad days. I've had bad days. And I think that's what everybody felt in that moment when they saw that, is that they felt for her. Who is the owner of Mistake on the Lake Apparel and who made part of Miller's rant into a shirt. She's going to get around $5 a t-shirt. And people like Jeff Grob. I just thought, man, we got to help her because I'm sure there's more to this story. Who started a GoFundMe page for Miller's retirement fund. The page has surpassed $15,000 in less than a day. There needs to be more uh, ability for these drivers to uh, discipline the kids so that it doesn't escalate to this level in the future. Miller says she apologizes for her actions but does not regret them and hopes her breaking point is a turning point for school districts. Parents, teachers, administration, they must step up and support bus drivers. Reporting for News 5, I'm Jesse Schultz. Such a response to that. All right, so y'all just heard a snippet of that video. So as you notice, it these kids are getting younger and younger. A lot of people think that it's just the high school kids. Oh, I have friends who work in junior high. And these damn sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are off the chain. Okay. Um, so she snapped and a lot of people on social media really supported her. She, I think she got like thirty thousand, thirty-six thousand dollars on GoFundMe. You know, and she lucked up because a lot of people, a lot of teachers, especially teachers of color, they don't get that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, so the disrespect is happening in the classrooms, on the buses, just 
overall. Today's show sponsor is brought to you by Lumi Deodorant. Spring is in the air, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and it's definitely getting warmer out here, which means some of y'all might be a tad bit musty. But thankfully, Lumi Deodorant is here to keep us smelling nice when and where we need it the most. Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day and control it up to 72 hours. Unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with simple fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it even starts. It's more like a pre-deodorant. What I really liked about this and how I knew that it worked when I was working out, as y'all know, I'm part of the big titty committee. Um, so when you work out, you build up a sweat and I used this in my underboob area and it really worked. Everything smelled fresh like coconut. So I really enjoyed Lumi's product. And right now they are doing something very special for the tea sippers. You can get a Lumi starter pack, which is perfect for all new customers. It comes with a solid deodorant stick, a cream tube of deodorant. And it also comes with two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes. On top of that, you get free shipping. So control body odor anywhere using at Lumi Deodorant and get over 40% off of your starter pack with promo code SIPSLOW. Just go to LumiDeodorant.com forward slash SIPSLOW. Hashtag LumiPod. So make sure you guys check them out. You know, and these are our, these kids are the future in the words of Whitney Houston. I believe the children are a future. Well, at this point, it's like, fuck these kids because they're just out here wilding. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I hate to say it, but it's it's just incredibly crazy. So I want to start taking calls. If you are a teacher, if you work in the school district, um, bus driver, if you work with children, please raise your hand. Do not call in ranting about your job at McDonald's and disrespectful teens coming in. We want to talk to teachers only, okay? So please be respectful and allow the teachers, people who work in the school system to speak. Um, stay muted until I call your name, please. So let's go ahead and start with Natalie. Natalie, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey T, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm freaking out. I love you so much. <laughs> I've been watching you since I was in middle school, probably like since I was 11. I'm 24 now and have graduated college. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, but, wow. Um, I want well, thank you. <laughs> yes. But I wanted to call in because I'm currently a substitute teacher. I've been doing it for about six months now and I'm already ready to leave. Mm -hmm. These kids. Oh, my, oh, for after six months? Yes. These kids of all grade levels are horrible to you. I mean, and I, okay, I come from Caribbean immigrant parents. My parents are Haitian and, American, uh, and Dominican. So some of these things these kids do, I would never even think about doing because I knew my parents didn't play and my school didn't right. play either. So for like some examples, so like when you talk to a kid and you tell them, you know, like be quiet. First of all, they ignore you. Like, plain and simple, they either ignore you or yeah. they give you attitude. And, you know, as an adult, you try to de-escalate the situation. You know, these are kids. So, you know, you just try to let it go. But after some point, it becomes really disturbing in the classes. And then it's like students are trying to learn. Like, in some instances, you know, there's always a class clown. And I try to, like, okay, stop, stop, stop. Um, 
And then it's like so sad when kids come up to me and they're like, Miss Joseph, like I cannot concentrate. And it's like, I'm so sorry. Like I apologize to the kids, but it's like, it's really nothing I can do. And so when you do like threaten to call somebody, they plan a simple say they don't care. For example, um, I'm usually in middle school, but I do sub all grade levels. So this one girl, I was asking her to be quiet. Mm -hmm. It was seventh grade, seventh grade math. I was asking her to be quiet. She straight out the gate attitude. I mean, rolling her eyes at me, popping her neck. But, you know, just please be quiet. So then finally, I got fed up. I called admin. And the school I work at is really supportive. So they came immediately. Do you know what she did? She started yelling at admin, talking about, I don't care. My mom don't care. You can't tell me what to do. And so eventually, and um, the school I work at is majority black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, black student, I'm black. Um, black admin she was trying to give her a chance so when she started popping off she said all right you're going to iss t this girl literally runs off on her like literally pushes past her and runs and my mouth was on the floor like first of all when admin came in if that was me i would just be quiet immediately because i already but then to like disrespect right. her and then literally run past her i was like you just made it 10 times worse because you were trying to show out and now you're even more embarrassed. And then it's like your classmates are literally laughing at you, not with you, but they don't understand that. You know, and I think that's a big part of the issue is when we were growing up, I remember there was a saying that teachers would would say to you and even administrators, um, if, if you don't want to be here, leave. We're not running behind you. We're not chasing you. We advise you to drop out because you're not going to disrupt the learning environment. Remember, there was a such thing as the learning environment. You weren't allowed to disrupt that. If you want to be the disruptor of the class, then you can leave and they'd have no problem escorting you and you could not come back. But then they started saying, well, it's not right because it was more black kids getting encouraged to leave and drop out. But if they're the ones disrupting, I don't care what race you are, you're hindering everybody else's learning process. Why should the rest of the 28 students suffer because of these two class clowns? Yep. And it's so sad. And it's just like, I tell these kids all the time, like, you are here to learn. I I personally, I think COVID really messed these kids up socially. Like, okay, um, like academically, Mm -hmm. y'all are in, let's say, eighth grade. But socially, y'all are like in fifth grade, sixth grade. Like, they literally, I don't know if it's they don't have self-control or they just choose not to use it. But it's like, it's out of control at this point. And it's just like, clearly the parents don't care. Mm. I like, cause like you said, at the school, they don't, it's no consequence. A lot of the times um, from actual teachers that I've talked to, if you do get admin involved, first of all, you have to write them up a certain number of times. And then if finally it goes to the principal, a lot of times the principal will just send them right back. And that's kind of like a slap in the face, you know? Yeah. Cause you kick the kids out the class because they're being disruptive. They get to walk around the hall for maybe 20 minutes and they come right back into the classroom. I mean, I remember one time I stopped mm-hmm. up and, you know, said school and this is in the middle of class. And I'm just like, why are there students in the hallway? Like, I'm, I'm confused. They weren't even hiding in the stairwell. They're just walking in the hallway. And they said they're just basically allowed to walk because as long as they're not disrupting, they're just allowed to walk. I'm like, but if they're walking in the hallways, how are they learning? Like they're not learning any. They're literally walking around in the hallway on their phones. But it seemed like that was a better alternative than them being in the classroom disrupting. So it's just like school has turned into daycare. You have five-year-olds with more self-control. 
literally t i tell people all the time i don't even feel like i'm substituting like i literally am just babysitting all day and it is so sad to think of like you're doing this like this is your job this is your career and it's like like i said i tell these kids all the time you are here to learn like my parents always told me school is your job you are not here to play you know this is not social time you are literally here to learn and like you know from immigrant parents that is a huge privilege that a lot of kids do not have especially the type of knowledge you can get in american school systems and they take it for granted and it's like it's one thing to be kind of bad at school but it's one thing to just another thing to flat out like i don't care yeah and i think that's the issue that a lot of people are running into is that they don't care the parents are just as bad the parents if you call them they'll tell you well what you calling me for that's your job because they don't even know how to handle their own children And it's sad because like people are saying in the chat, it definitely starts in the home. But I think it's a mixture of the parents being too busy, not caring. Then you have social media. You know, everybody wants to clown and and act a fool. You know, you go to a lot of these schools, you see kids in the corner making TikToks and dancing. It's like, how are you learning? Like you can do TikToks at home. When you're in school, you're here to learn. And what these kids don't understand is at like, like, my family member has to tell them at the end of the day, I got my degree. I'm good. I got a job. You have to figure out what's going to happen once you leave high school. And what's happening is for the ones who don't end up in prison, right? The whole school to prison pipeline is once they leave high school, they were, they are unprepared for the real world. They are unprepared. No one is, if you come in, if your if your job says you have to be here at eight o'clock on the dot, you can't come waltzing in at eight 30 and making excuses, you're fired. Yes, these kids, I tell them all the time. And it's so sad because I mainly say this with younger kids. I tell them all the time, you cannot do what you just feel like doing. Like a lot of the times, if you tell them to do something, they either don't do it or they do it when they feel like it. Like today I subbed and I was like, okay, let's move on to math. Some kids were like, well, I want to read. Well, it's not reading time anymore. And it's just like, like you said, once they get out into the workforce, it's like you either do this or you're fired. Those are your only two options. There is no back and forth. There is no like you're suspended for a couple of days and you come back. It's you're fired. Yeah. And you're out of love. Um, and that was the thing. And I and I thank God I had teachers who raised us like that. Like I remember my fifth grade teacher would tell us, you think I care if y'all don't get along? Guess what? When you get in the real world, you're going to have coworkers that you don't get along with. But guess what? You're going to have to learn to deal with them in order to get your paycheck. So all that, you know, trying to click up and I don't like this person, I don't like that person. All that doesn't matter outside of school. You know, so it it is. It's it's a lot. Um, I want to go ahead and get to some more calls. But thank you so much for calling in and people in the chat are saying that you could be my daughter. We look that much alike. (laughs) And I agree, chat. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time. I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be a speaker. And I love you so much, T. Love you too. And thank you for calling in, sis. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on uh, Michael. Michael, go ahead and unmute your microphone. T? Yes. How are you? Oh, my. I am good. Where do I start? Where would you like to start? Are you a teacher? I am a special education teacher. Been doing it for 14 years now. Oh, Wow. So what have you seen from the time you started to, do you feel like it's gotten progressively worse? Because that's what all these teachers are telling me. (laughs) 
it has gotten so bad, Pete. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't fill positions. We cannot fill positions. We try to hire and people are refusing to take the job. That's wow. how bad it's gotten. We've had students that have fractured ribs. We've had them break teachers' legs. Guess what happens? Oh, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Guess what happens? So, I mean, that, that is a crime. If a teacher was to break a student's leg, they'd be arrested. Are these kids not arrested for this? Nope. If they're under 10 years old, nope. As a matter of fact, we had a student, I'm not going to say what, you know, obviously, third grader, but touching other mm-hmm. students. What happened to him? ISS for half the day. Keep, it, keep this in mind, though. He had his Chromebook with him. What punishment? Mm. Is so is it really ISS? Right. When all we have was pen and paper, they have Chromebooks in yeah. there. And the problem is a lot, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to piss parents off, but a lot of it is when we get pushback from parents, and the like, the school districts are very, very afraid of the parents. They don't want to get sued. Mm. They don't want to have any drama. This is why our teachers are quitting because we can't do our job. When something happens, we get told, what did you do? Why did, wh- what did you do that made them yep. get upset and throw a chair? I asked them to sit down. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. yeah. And that's the issue, you know, that I've always heard as well. Why a lot of teachers want to quit is I don't care what environment you're in. You want to feel like this is a team commodity right like like a team sport I want to feel like my principal has my back I want to feel like you understand my integrity enough to take my word when I tell you that all I did was ask the student to sit down like why does it then have to be a student my the student's word versus my word and that's exactly what you're saying you what you're saying right now is how so many of us feel where it's I can't I'm sure you can hear like the frustration in my voice right now. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say, um, with COVID, that just made everything worse. These kids don't know how to interact with each other. They, mm. you on I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest. There's probably about, oh, here's the other thing. They want us to catch these kids up after two years of them not getting like true education. And we're still being held to the same standard. And when we don't meet that standard, we get, you know, they come into our room. What are you doing? Why aren't you doing this? Well, we, we can't do division because they don't know how to add. We, we can't do multiplication because they don't know how to do basics. It, we're, we're really headed towards a really bad, 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 bad area. Hmm. And it sounds like it's only going to get worse. Oh, it's all, yeah, it is. It's only going to get worse because we're not getting paid enough either. On top of that, our insur- okay, so with the way we get our salary, whenever we get a raise, our insurance goes up. So all it does is cover our insurance going up. So we never really see the same raise. Like I haven't seen, my check is still the exact same that it was 10 years ago. You guys have to pay insurance for, for to be a teacher? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm saying like, um, we don't like when we get raises, if we get a raise, mm-hmm. our insurance goes up. So our Oh, like your health insurance and stuff. Yeah. So oh, I see what you're saying. saying. Yeah. So like in the past 10 years, my check has been the exact same. 
nothing has increased. Wow. And it's just getting where you're getting people who don't go through the certification process because it takes a while. You know, you got to take tests and stuff like that. You got to put effort into it. But when you can get a job and you're just like, you know what, screw this. They're cussing at me. They are literally flipping me off, doing whatever they want. Why the hell am I going to stay here being disrespected for this pay? Yeah, I remember this one man went viral. One teacher, he went viral a year ago for quitting and going to go take a job at Walmart. He said he made more money at Walmart, dealt with better, you know, customers, friendly people who would smile at you than he did being a teacher. And he loved it. And he said he would never go back to teaching. He went right to Walmart. And you know what sucks? I think what keeps a lot of us here is that we're comfortable. We're used to it. And that's sad. We're used to being disrespected. We're used to not being good enough each time. You know, they always say we don't teach to a test. We teach to a test. We're just trying to, you know, get our scores up, get our scores up. But at what cost? It, it's just, it's yeah. not working. And I do feel like this is an intentional breaking of the system. I truly do. I tell people all the time, this, it was built to fail. I don't care what anyone says, it was built to fail. The policies that are getting implemented are things that are not realistic. You know, I definitely it's, agree. It's, and it's, I feel like this is a push to have everything go virtual. Right now, we're, right yeah. now um, we're in a public school, so we have charter schools and vouchers because we're losing kids. And it's about government money. It's about getting that, you know. And I hate saying that, but that's really what it is. Being on the special education side, it's also like that. It seems like a lot of times, first we were getting, we got in trouble because we didn't, we overqualified kids for special education services. So that can be anything like, you know, reading disability, reading comprehension, written experience, anything like that. But there's just, it, I, I, I was like confused when we were told, that we were overqualifying and then we got told we were underqualifying and it's like what the hell like you you can't I, you can't just say okay there's going to be 30 spec kids like it it's not done like that if you, if that makes sense it's almost like they want us to meet a quota mm-hmm. yeah it's not about teaching anymore it's just about numbers but thank you so much michael for calling in you made a lot of really good points it was good hearing from you no problem. I wish my microphone didn't suck so bad, but all right. Y'all have a good That's one. That's all right. You too. I definitely agree with him. I do feel like there is an agenda, and I was saying this a few calling shows ago, is that I feel like eventually they're going to get rid of the school system. And I think the whole COVID situation was definitely some type of test. I feel like eventually they're going to get rid of it and go back to virtual learning and have the parents teach their own kids um, because there's not going to be enough teachers who want to take on that job. It's like, why put yourself at risk and you don't have the support of the staff? You don't have the support of the school. I mean, there are teachers out here getting stabbed, getting beat up, getting threatened. I mean, it's it's a mess. And a lot of this, again, it starts in the home. You have parents who don't even want to deal with their kids, and they think their kids and their kids' behavior is supposed to be somebody else's job. And I really think that that's where the end game is, is to eventually get rid of the school system and have the parents deal with their own children. All right, let's see here. Tamia, 
Hello? Hey, Tamia. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Are you a teacher? Yes, um, I teach fourth through eighth grade okay. string orchestra. Okay. So um, this is actually my first time being on here. I've been watching you for a long time. So love you, T. <laughs> so um, I just kind of want to talk about like some of the social and emotional issues that kids are having. Um, when I was in college, we talked a lot about what's called um, SEL, which is social emotional learning. And some school districts are implementing it. And I really think that's mm -hmm. where the issue lies. Because of the pandemic, a lot of these kids missed out on social skills. So they don't know how to read each other. They don't know like what's appropriate to say, what's not appropriate to say. And this is actually my first year teaching. And I got to witness a lot of those, mm -hmm. those, um, those underdeveloped skills. And it was kind of really sad to see um, like the kids. Yeah. Fourth and eight, like fourth I had fourth graders who like, if they didn't play like a passage, like perfect immediately, they would get upset and I'd have to tell them like, well, you just started an instrument. It's going to take time. And like, it's like the kids are like expected to do so many things. Mm -hmm. Like I like the beginning of this month, um, my kids did um, what's called IAR testing, which is the Illinois uh, assessment of readiness. Then my fifth graders had another test a week after. Mm -hmm. And then they still have to do map testing. Like that's three standardized tests in like, like in a span of like three months, like the kids don't get a break and it's just, it's, it's wild. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all. So now let me ask you as far as like you said, the kids getting frustrated easily because they're not getting it in one, you know, in one shot. <laughs> Is that when you said that it made me think of TikTok videos, how we have condensed things down to fit, you know, a, a 15 second reel, but people are not understanding, especially young children, they're not understanding that this is edited. So this entire clip mm -hmm. might've took somebody, you know, six hours to shoot and edit and put together and we're condensing it into a, a minute long thing. So is that why these children are not thinking that, okay, as soon as you hand me a piece of sheet music, I should be able to grasp it and start playing like Mozart because now everything that they watch it's just in a nice, neat package. They don't show the struggle. They don't show the unedited versions. They're not understanding that what they're watching is not reality. Yeah. And I think it even falls onto like parents and even admin because like they want kids to be so successful at things that they're not allowing kids to go through the process of like, like I remember the first time I got a bad grade on a test. Like it made me want to work even harder to get my grade up. It made me want to be even better. Mm -hmm. So if kids aren't, you know, being allowed to fall and trip, um, an another example, my sixth graders, they have a concert this May, but their last concert, they completely bombed. I mean, like just was not the best they've ever performed, but we had a conversation about it. And now that it's, it's, it's like lit a fire underneath them. They come to rehearsal ready to go. I don't have to like, I don't really have to like tell them anything like they will hold each other accountable. If my arms are up ready to conduct, they're all ready to go. So I like, and while that was like a bad experience, I even mm -hmm. told them like, well, you all learn from it. Now we can, you know, make the changes so that we can sound good so that we can make great music. So I just think there's, there's a lack of that, like kids being able to kind of like when you ride a bike and you fall, but you still get up and you keep going. Like they, they don't have that. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, thank you so much for calling in um, with that information. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. You're welcome. And thank Have you. You too. Definitely. All right. Um, yes, please make sure you're a teacher. If you're not a teacher, we got to go to the next person because we have literally hundreds of teachers raising their hands. Okay, looks like four people dropped off. Yes, please make sure you work with children. Um, let's see here. Mitsoka Jarvis, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello, T. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having this platform for us to like vent. <laughs> Definitely. Did I pronounce your name right? It's Mitsuka. Mitsuka. I love yes. it. It's pretty. Mitsuka. Thank you. Like Thank that. you. My mother was trying to be different, clearly. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you remember, I called into one of your Zoom calls. I was um trying to get advice because I'm looking to get out of teaching. I teach second grade mm-hmm. and you had given me a lot of advice a lot of um the mods thank god they looked out sent me applications they even checked on me and so i i want to thank everyone oh, wow. for Good. you know sharing their resources um but you had- yeah we're a family on discord one thing we will do is share resources and help each other yes yes no they were amazing um but t you hit the nail right on the head public school as you know it is going to be a thing of the past. Wow. It's going to be a thing of, first of all, people entering college, they're not even majoring in education anymore. And then, so now when you have all these classrooms um, that need teachers to be filled, we can't hire anyone. We conducted an interview for an assistant principal to come into the next school year. There was two in the assistant principal pool, Mm -hmm. slim pickings. So it's kind of like two, two for a whole district, for a whole school district, two. Nobody, I mean, it's really, really sad. And I know a lot of the videos that we are seeing on social media is like middle school, high school. Let me tell you, these elementary school kids, hmm, no joke either. I had a second grader call me a fat B word because she refused to clean up the cafeteria. she She was the one throwing food. And someone asked her to pick up food, you know, the food that she threw. They called me down to see, you know, if I could get her to obey, pick up the food that you threw on the, oh, she called me a fat B word. So when I. This was a, how old was this girl? Second grade. So six, seven years old. So wasn't I just saying that, that it's even trickling down before, like when we were growing up, most of the problem kids were high school kids. But in this day and age, it's starting younger, elementary, junior high. You know, where certain behaviors, they're like, okay, we, we get, you know, the hormones and going through puberty. What's the excuse for a second grader talking like that? Exactly. And so when I, because I, I kind of gave it back to her. I was like, oh, no, you're not going to talk to me like that. Who got in trouble? I did. So guess, so guess mm-hmm. what I did? I kindly took my purse and my car keys, went in my car and went home. They could figure out who's going to teach for the rest of the day. No, yeah, no, no. Because see, my mm-hmm. mental health, I have to protect my mental peace. I can. Yeah. 
do it. Um, another issue that Hello? is happening as well, there's no subs. Like substitute teachers are slim pickings as well. So if there's another teacher on my team who calls out, they can't find a sub, they split the classrooms up. So now I'm getting six kids, more kids here. I'm getting six more here, another one there. So that's a whole, now there's more added onto your plate. So it's almost like the situation with the nurses, um, when they, when we did the nurse calling show and they were saying that there's literally one nurse where they went from maybe taking care of, you know, three patients the whole day, but since COVID, you know, now they might take care of 20 patients. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like the classroom size are getting bigger. And then now you can't find teachers to even fill the classrooms. Now, let me ask you this is because I saw this the other day, because as you guys know, I keep up with technology. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that they are working on, because this teacher shortage in this whole, I I definitely believe they're getting rid of the school system. They have started doing testing Mm -hmm. with chat GPT four and five that's coming out the woodwork. And they started testing this out on children and they had real teachers and they had the chat GPT Mm -hmm. teachers. And they wanted to see how kindergartners reacted to these teachers, to the to the AI teacher and the real teacher. And they had the real teacher give them, you know, wrong answers. Correct. They had the AI teacher give them the correct answers and validation. And what they found out is that even though there was a real breathing human being in front of them, mm-hmm. they were more, um, they more or less liked the AI teacher. They, there you go. They were more receptive yep, to the AI the teacher. The AI teacher yep. gave them the right answers, told them, you know, kudos, you know, gave them, you know, more reinforcement. So they basically said that the study Correct. is showing that the, the kids, they don't need to see a human being. They don't need to see a physical teacher in front of them. They just need to be taught. So basically they're saying mm-hmm. these kids, especially these new kids, these, yes. I call them iPad kids, the iPad generation, Right. These mm-hmm. iPad babies, yep. <laughs> people have been putting, ba- you know, iPads in front of them since they were born. And so they've only been taught with right. iPads instead of their mothers teaching them one, two, three, ABCs. They are very comfortable Absolutely. getting taught by AI. And I believe that's what's going to happen with these Absolutely. Services. Oh, that's definitely going to, because I'll tell you this, they, I can see the school board and the district, they put more money into technology than they put into even their people. So for example, mm. we don't even use chalkboards or whiteboards. We are using computer boards. The one we had a couple of years ago was working fine. They spent millions of dollars updating these new boards. But won't, but pay, won't the pay the teachers. Money. They'll pay us to go training, but won't won't put money into the teachers. And then now it trickles down that you can't even find good teachers. And I think it was Michael that was saying, like, you don't even really need to be qualified, really. I mean, they give you a certain amount of years, you know, to get all your certification. But if you're breathing, you can breathe. Yeah, you, you can fill in this classroom. <laughs> Wow. And, you know, I remember when they first started the iPad thing with my kids and it started with my oldest child back when he was like mm-hmm. in seventh grade. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't like it because I felt like this gave him access 
unlimited access almost to the internet because at that point there was no safety absolutely they assumed all the kids would be doing was just math and you know and the kids of course they're on all types of sites they're looking at everything and what I also did not like is that once the iPads were introduced to children it really affected their writing their handwriting is terrible uh, (laughs) these kids from this iPad yes. generation. Yes. They don't Absolutely. They don't know how to. I remember I had to sit with my youngest son when he got his driver's license. You know, kudos to him. He got on his first try. But when it came to him signing his name, I said, what the <laughs> hell is this? That's your signature? He was like, yeah, it's just, it's, he just wrote his first and last name. I said, no, write in cursive. He literally struggled. Yep. Because they don't they teach don't cursive teach anymore. Now you, now you could. I mean, one of the document stuff, you they can make up a signature for you. All you got to do is drag the signature on the line electronically. They don't need to know how to write in cursive. They don't need mm. how to know how to sign their names. Yes. It's, yeah, I was it's scary. I said, that's your signature? He was like, yeah. And then meanwhile, my signature is all extra fancy and you can't copy my signature. No. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I worked on my signature for years all through high school. Absolutely. No, it's really, it's really scary to think about what the future is going to look like because these are the kids that are going to be kind of taking care of us. And when you're seeing these trends happening, and I mean, I work, I work in Maryland, one of the Maryland school systems, and we have this thing called restorative justice. Restorative justice was created to disrupt the the school to prison pipeline. One of the things is mm-hmm. eliminating suspension because whoever did a study saw that kids that were getting suspended a lot a certain percentage, you know, went to prison. So now, so here we go. We're eliminating all these consequences. Then we got to do community circles and yeah. talk about why this and why. And I'm sorry, these kids be looking at you like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm going to do it again. Yeah. There's no consequences. You like now before when we were in school, if you got suspended, you were suspended for a week for fighting. You exactly. Now, exactly. They said the kids up here in the Twin Cities cannot be suspended longer than 24 hours. So they fight one day. Yes, one day. Right back the next one day. day. Fight again. Oh, well, I feel like going home early, so I'm going to just start a fight, start a bunch of mess, leave. It, it's just, it's, exactly. it's like, how is, how is that benefiting them? And the whole thing was, oh, it's affecting the black kids. It's racism. No. A lot of the people who are starting the mess in the schools, unfortunately, we're the black kids who are keeping up the mess. Let's just keep it real. Let's just call it status. Absolutely. No, keep it real. We're not saying the Asian kids are innocent, but the black kids were wilding out in school. Yes. But they felt like it's better to coddle them than to hold them accountable when they mess up. And now what do we have? Now you have kids who think they can talk crazy to the police. They think they can talk crazy to the police. Well, guess what? Nobody cares about your your ADHD diagnosis nobody cares that you're hyperactive you yep. can't control yourself you act a fool in these streets people will yep. check you the police will come and you'll end up in jail either way there has to be consequences and, and, 
It has to be. It, it really, and it doesn't have to be corporal harsh punishment, no. but it got to be something. I'm all for, I'm texting parents all day. I'm all for inconveniencing parents when their child acts up. Because we need to work as a team here. Yep. I, and you know I, what? I, That's what solved a lot of the issues when you think about it. When your child was suspended for a week, you have to find a babysitter or stay home with that thank child. You. And guess who didn't get suspended again for the rest of the school year? That child. Exactly. Because you made me miss my money. Right. So, yes, that won't happen again. Yeah. It, no, it's. It's wild because I, like me, like um, I think it was Natalie that called earlier. I come from a Caribbean background, too. And all they had to say was, should we call your moms? Mm-hmm. I was on the straight and there for the remainder of the year. So it, it, it's just wild. And, you know, and I'm five foot seven, over 200 and some odd pounds. And they try me. They be you kids don't got no fear. It's because I'm telling you that video of that girl who beat up that teacher and broke the teacher leg. The girl wasn't but so big. I mean, she was not. They had no fear. They're stepping up to grown women, grown men. You know, and then when these men, you know, or, or these male teachers or female teachers fight back, then everybody wants to get mad at the teacher. Well, you're the adult. You sh-. but at the end of the day, everybody's human. And if I if I if I send everybody's human, yeah. My life, and my safety, I'm swinging. Child or not? Yeah, because I saw a lot of that on um on the gram under your the post that you made, and the comment section was kind of split, and you know people were like, "Oh yeah. no, the teacher was wrong." And my thing is, we got to remember, we don't know what type of day or week that particular person had. Th- that could have been her snapping moment at that point. And I'm sorry, a, 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 a kid is reaching mm-hmm. over me to grab something that I took away that you should have never had in the first place. Yeah, we gonna be ball, brawling. I, I, I hate to say that. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's so, what I'm talking about, I truly love working with kids. I really, I mean, I even tutor after school when I'm done. So it's just mm-hmm. like I, I I want to leave the profession for my mental health, but I'm like if I I feel like if I leave, where what's gonna happen? Because all the good educators are leaving, and they're leaving at a young age. Last year, one of my coworkers, she was 22 yeah. years old, and she was like, "No, I don't need this. I'm done." 22. Mm. And those are the teachers that we need to be there throughout the years. And, you know, because that's how you built that rapport with the community. You know, we all have those teachers that have been there who taught our parents, our, you know, our kids and all types of stuff. Yeah, you're not seeing that anymore. Because no, you're not saying that. It's not worth it. You know, why why deal with the headache of that at 22? You know, you're young, you're pretty. She could just start an Instagram page and be an influencer. That's what most of them want to do any damn way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God, T, thank you so much again. I know I took enough of your time. And um, if there's any parents listening, please, please help support your your children's teachers and work with your babies. Please, please, please. Definitely. Thank you for calling in, sis, and thank you for your hard work with your students. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Raymond Dunn. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. I'm sorry. I'm not a teacher. Okay, Raymond. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Okay. Samantha. 
Samantha Miner. I'm here. Hey, T. Hey, some, hi, how are you? I've been listening to you since 2013. Oh my goodness. I know that's, I so I that's right. You don't even know. <laughs> are you a teacher? Yes, I am. All right, let's yes, go. I am. Get it off your chest. <laughs> so let me start off with what's happening in the schools right now. Not only mm-hmm. is everybody leaving, and I'm one of the people who are on the fence and like, Oh my God, I joined, I became a teacher because of all the things I wanted to do in my community. I would say I work in the mm-hmm. churches. Okay, I'm not going to tell you where I'm okay. going. But, like, but I, I'm telling you, I work in the trenches. Okay. And some of the stuff that you see in school today is a complete transformation from when I started, especially after COVID. And when I was listening to the conversation about how, COVID might have been programming children. I absolutely believe it. And I believe it wasn't just COVID. I believe we've been slowly transitioning to this place for a very long time. Because even just just this week, I had a conversation mm. with my students. This year is not only, and any teachers that are in the chat can probably vouch for this, students are addicted to their technology. It's not just their cell phone. Every student gets a Chromebook or an iPad and they're always the AirPods. I'm, I work in high school, just so you know, so I teach ninth through 12th grade and I teach social mm-hmm. studies. So holla at my social studies teachers. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, for the first time, like when I first started teaching kids, at least gave you a chance. So you learn all of these skills when you're in college, like, okay, how to engage students and how to get them involved and what are some major topics. And I got into this because teaching history, especially, you don't learn history that you, you the, the simple way to say it is you just learn European history. You really don't learn everything, especially when you're teaching American history, but we're not even going to go there. So when students come into the classroom, they already are tuned out before they even like start class before the teacher even starts class they either have airpods in they're watching movies in class and any i'm telling you please teachers in the chat Mm -hmm. tell me if this is something that happens to you because i've been seeing it for the last three four years literally even before covid and even more now after covid the kids say what is the point of even coming to school one thing that happened i live in new jersey in New Jersey, you weren't even allowed to fail students during COVID. And mm-hmm. for some parts of it, I understand because some people were going through serious, accentuating situations. But for the most part, the kids were just sitting home. Okay, so you're, and I can understand for like the, the grammar school teachers and the parents that really had to work more with the elementary school kids. But when you're in high school, you know what to do. Okay. Right. So, we're working online. Most of the kids are playing video games or whatever, but now we're in school and they feel like they just want to go back home. I feel scared for the next generation because none of the kids, you can go into school and it's very, very few kids actually want to do something that we need. This is why we're lacking with teachers. We're lacking in nurses. We're lacking in all these jobs that are essential jobs that we need for survival. And you could talk to any of the kids. Why do I need to do that? I can make more money on Instagram, YouTube, my area moving stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's no real reason. 
and they legit will sit in the classroom and turn on Hulu. You can, it doesn't matter if the school blocks Netflix, Hulu, whatever. They have free websites and other ways around it. And let you try. Wow. So it's to the point where the, the schools now have to block Hulu and Netflix because the kids would just rather be on there than even paying attention. It, but, but they have done that. The kids can teach me mm. how to unblock Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. They're watching Dahmer in class. They're watching whatever mm -hmm. whatever they want to watch. It's it happening. We have oh, trust me. I see my comments as soon as I go live. You'll see kids in my live stream. Like if I go live during the day or when I drop yes. a video. Oh, I'm glad you drive because I'm bored. We weren't doing nothing in class anyways. So why are you here? The video will be here after school. Like come no, but like come on. We know you. I mean, there are some teachers, and I'm not gonna go there. You know, there's some teachers that have quite quit a long time ago. Okay, they just collect the check. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be that teacher, but it's becoming, it's almost like it demoralizes you. It demotivates you as a teacher when before you used to be able to at least, like, let me show you something I think you might be interested in. And let's see if we can try to motivate you this way. The kids don't even give you a chance anymore. They're already tuned out. They got beats on, AirPods. They don't want to hear what you have to say. You ask them to take it out. That's when these fights happen. And I want to get into that a little bit. Why I believe mm. the fights are happening. Because mm -hmm. the fights with the teachers are happening not only because the teachers are being paid low, all the things that we know, but we are not addressing as a country the fact that we have raised a generation that is completely addicted to technology and we're not treating it as such. Mm. Like, these kids are literally addicted to technology. That's true. And so so the like, fights are oh. coming about when the teachers are going to take their phone because they're not paying attention. It's being, you know, it's a disruption. And I think you're right because that big six foot boy that beat up that teacher over that Nintendo Switch, that was scary. He could have killed her behind a Nintendo Switch. Any teacher will tell you that's not the first time we've ever seen a kid get close. A lot of times if a kid... Teachers will tell you now, we're not even touching it. I, I know for me, years ago, I would take it. Now, mm -hmm. I, I'm patting you softly, sweet, sweetheart, please, please, put it away. Because I'm not going to end up on one of these videos because that brings me to the law. The laws for teachers, there's two laws that really fight against teachers in this situation, right? So one of the laws, I don't know if it's true in every state, but I know if a teacher is to hit a student more than one time, that is considered like uh, like lethal force. So that means if you're even if you're self defense, mm. the student is attacking you, and you hit them more than once, trying to get them away from you. Now you're being charged. That means now you're going to face uh, like a lawsuit. You're going to be in court, and you're going to lose your license. Any teacher will tell you all that education you had to do. And I have two. I'm working on my second master's degree in education. Um, if I have to hit. A child more than once. I'm sorry, they're leaving in a body bag. Not for all that school. Not not for all that school. I'm telling you right. And you lose everything because one student over a cell phone, or one student because of a uniform. If that's or one student over, uh, you won't change my grade because a lot of students are entitled now. They believe they don't have to do any work. And COVID really ushered that in that they can just do the bare minimum just to succeed right it's school students will tell you that school is not really about learning it's about passing 
It's not about yeah. learning. It's about passing. So yeah, to try to break that habit that other teachers or the, not even teachers that the school system has taught them. This this is where we're facing, and it brings me to the fact that um, another law is that a teacher cannot legally be bullied, at least not in the state of New Jersey. So what we might be seeing when we see these videos where a teacher is now fighting back, we don't know what happened beforehand, but it doesn't matter because in the court of law, at least in New Jersey, um, you, you're going to lose that case because legally a teacher can bully a student, but a student, no students can bully a teacher and that's on the law. So every day I feel like it's a wow. fight. I've had, I've had students threaten me. Luckily, I'm one of those teachers that a lot of the students actually like. And it's hard for me to leave a job where I'm trying to get them to see something different. I grew up in the hood. So I'm like, I want them to see like, hey, look, I did this. I'm doing this. I want you to do this. I can help you. You don't have to be a teacher. You could be anything you want. I ain't going to say anything, but something that's within your reach. There are other things. It's not just the streets. It's not just uh, YouTube. It's not just some other career where you're just at home. Like you can learn how to do things. And kids, that's part of the issue. They don't get to do anything physical really in school. And that's, I mean, they do have like after school sports. Do the elementary school kids still go outside for recess? Also, oh, it's not standard, like every school. So a lot of times when funding is pulled, right, or like, so every school should have like a gym or um, like a recess time where they can go outside, but it really depends on the teachers, number one, the school rules, number two, and if they have a safe place where they can go, whether it's an open gym or um, like an area in the back of the school where they can go outside. In New Jersey, we, we experience all four of yeah, the seasons. So there's going to be times of the year where you're not going outside. Oh, Minnesota, they didn't care. It could be zero below. Y'all going outside. Yeah. When I we used to try and sneak back like, into school and hang out in the bathrooms because they'd be like, no, I'm not going outside and it's negative two. Right. <laughs> but I, I get it because kids have to burn that energy. And I remember my first day of junior high that was one of the things that kind of crushed us. And I guess it was a thing because as we're coming into junior high in seventh grade, they had teachers at the main doors, at the back of the school and at the front of the school, because you're trained like all through elementary school, you know, after lunch, you go outside. So, you know, we're getting ready to go outside. And it's like all the teachers were there like, no, you're in junior high now. There is no outside. And I remember there was even some kids crying. Like, what do you mean there's no outside? Because <laughs> we're used to going outside out here. You know, and I, I don't, I, I think that that's a good thing. And there's, there's science behind the fact that, it, uh, you know, I, there's science behind the fact that children or all people really need to be moving and active for at least 15 minutes a day in order for to decrease the uh, chance of getting depression. But then we have a generation of kids that have not been active in the same way that we were active. And we're wondering why they're all walking around depressed mm -hmm. because those offices Teachers speak, please, because the counseling office is always filled with kids with high anxiety, depression. I've never seen such levels of anxiety and depression in, in my whole career. Anxiety, that word didn't exist for me until now. I never even knew what to call that. 
And now every child is has anxiety. You know, every child now they're even having a conversation about, you know, that big kid that beat up the teacher saying he was autistic. But even a lot of these schools are diagnosing kids with autism and acting like that's an excuse because there's a spectrum. So, yeah, there's some kids who have it more seriously than others. And then there's some kids who know exactly what the hell they're doing. And then they run behind. Well, I'm autistic. You can't touch me. You're not going to just punch me in the back of my head and scream that you're autistic because you knew to punch in my head. And, that, and, and and that's true. And a lot of times that's one of the other issues. A lot of times, not only parents, but sometimes teachers like a certain staff will make sure, right, that the student has that cover. And so they either the school will do it because of funding, because just so you know, at least in New Jersey and in most states, I think like 30 or 40 states, if a student is, let's say, falls under the category of special education, that's a little bit more funding that the school district or school will get. So, and if they're like ELL or low, uh, low and reduced lunch, they do receive a little bit more money for that as well. Now, it's supposed to be because it's going to cost more to educate a student in that's in ELL or that has free or reduced lunch. But a lot of times we see that uh, that money is not really being allocated to those students in that way. So that's not exactly true. Um, the other thing is the gener- the newer generation of parent. I find that a lot of times the parents will take up for the kid no matter what. You can call the parent, text the parent, email the parent, and you tell them what their kid is doing. Either they're going to tell you, well, depending on what age, when my kid is grown, they're going to figure it out. That's on them. Or you're going to get the other side. I feel like you're picking on my kid. You're doing this or you're doing that. And the kid knows that mom Mm -hmm. is going to come to that for them. And then I started to realize, like, a part of the reason mom is coming to bat is because I grew up in a generation where mom believed the teacher first. And so they are, and and maybe those teachers took Mm -hmm. advantage of mom in that situation and maybe did lie on the student, I mean, on mom as a student. And mom is now using that uh, built up frustration and turning it towards the teachers today and being like, okay, well, I'm going to take up for my kid. I want to make sure I'm doing this for my kid. The thing is, the kid knows that mom is like that. And they will tell the teacher, my mom's not going to listen to you. My mom will, is, you know, my mom doesn't care. My mom feels like this and she'll curse you out. And I'm sure if any teacher, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not brave enough to try that. But if you're to call a parent in class and that student has let you know that my mom is going to curse you out if you call her again or something like that. Oh, mom's going to curse you out. And the kids have a lot of uh, joy. They get a lot of joy out of putting mom on FaceTime or doing something like that so that mom, so the whole class can see, like, I run this classroom. This is mine. Wow. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for calling. We got to take some other calls, but you made a lot of really good points. So thank you so much. Thank you for letting me on, T. This is the first time I ever called in and just thank you. You're definitely welcome. And good luck with everything in the classroom. Thank you for your efforts. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a lot to unpack, but I do want to touch on the technology thing um, because Marquis made a good point that if you guys remember when we all watched the movie Megan in the Discord and we were all up that night watching it. Now, remember how when the the auntie tried to take the Megan doll from that girl and the girl flipped out, she went crazy 
because by then she had built an addiction to the Megan doll. And so I believe that is kind of what's going on with these kids with technology. So maybe it's not in the form of a doll, but it's in the form of their cell phones, the iPads, the, the Chromebooks. It's an addiction. They've created a bond with that inanimate object. And so when they see the teacher telling them, give me your phone, you know, give me that object, give me, you know, your technology, they have become one with that technology now. So like I've always told you guys, a lot of these objects, cell phones, electronics, there's a very spiritual aspect. Even this summer when I threw my birthday party, I threw a big boat party for my birthday. And I remember going back and I was replaying and watching the video because we took a lot of video. And I could basically pinpoint what generation everybody was in because we had a wide range of people. I mean, I had, I think the youngest was probably 16, had some 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds. You could tell who was in what generation. Everybody 35 and up, for the most part, was dancing, mixing, mingling. All the young people, not all, but a majority of the young people, they were mainly in their phones. So imagine being a teacher and you're teaching kids, they're all relatively the same age, and the whole classroom's face is in their phone, not paying attention. You got kids who don't... Like, if you were to watch some of these kids, you wouldn't even think they were at a party. You wouldn't even think they were at a boat in the middle of the lake. You'd think they'd be, that they were just in the living room because they were just so disengaged from the world around them. So there's definitely a very spiritual aspect to this technology. And I don't want to sound crazy when I say this, but I do believe that this technology is somewhat possessing these children. Let me go ahead. Marlon, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Okay, hi. I'm th thank you for doing this so much, T. I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, I want to say that for me personally, I feel like a lot of it is the phones because I work at, uh, at an elementary school, T, and I have seen kids as young as second and third grade getting cell phones. And it's like, I remember I told somebody when I was in school, I didn't get a cell phone until I was in high school. And one of the kids was like, well, dang, you old. I didn't know because when we were in school, nobody had a cell phone like that. And I'm in school, nobody had a cell phone like that. You know what I mean? And I think technology is definitely like, is is really dumbing down our kids, like you always said. And it's just sad, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no reason for, for a second grader to have a full-fledged iPhone. I get them having a phone, but they need to have a regular flip phone. That's what I gave my kids when they were that young. They had a regular flip phone when, when they got home from school. They caught me. Mom, I'm home. Okay, cool. I get off work in 30 minutes. I'll see you guys soon. That was the extent of it. Their phone didn't have internet. They couldn't, you know, record videos. What is wrong with getting them just a plain phone? Well, the, the problem that's wrong with it nowadays is everything's a status symbol. So if your child does not have an iPhone, you're seeing it as some type of bad parent, mm -hmm. which is insane to me when I see literally kids in elementary school with phones just as expensive as I have. Why does a, a, a eight-year-old need an iPhone 15 or whatever number we're on? Right. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, I don't know how to say it. It's just, I'm not going to say it's all kids because all kids are not bad, but I feel like a lot of kids, they just don't want to be there because they 
grew up in this like social media era and they see like some people who don't have like college degrees. And I'm not saying you have to have a college degree, don't get me wrong. But they see all these kid people who don't have like even high school degrees and they're making like six figures or seven figures and they feel like well, like why should I have to finish high school if you know, you know, Kim Kardashian, she didn't finish high school, she's a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Or Kanye West, he dropped out of college, he's a multimillionaire. Or LeBron James, he didn't go to college. He and he's a multimillionaire. He's a billionaire. And I feel like a lot of it comes down to a lot of these people, kids look up to celebrities. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I agree that um, social media plays a part in it. Um, somebody said Nick was trying to say where T stopped at. Yeah, and no, I was just kind of addressing the spiritual aspect. But y'all stop dragging folks. Y'all in there calling him Nikki and all types of stuff. Leave that man alone. He a tea sipper. But um, <laughs> what you call it? <laughs> I, I do feel like social media plays a big part in it. Um, it's not realistic. It's it's not realistic. And that's, you know, like we had a meeting the other day on Discord. Um, I don't know if you were able to make it. But that was one of the things that we were saying. No. Is that when I had posted up the snippet, because I've since just made the video private. But when I was posting up the snippet of the house that I'm building, I'm currently working on a new home. I've been building it for a year. And I was explaining how, you know, I've been involved in the home building process since literally off and on since I was 23. And I remember somebody getting on there and kind of being upset, like, well, I'm 23. How did you do it? And I want to buy a house and this, this and that. And I'm like, well, the problem is, first of all, you're comparing yourself to somebody who was 23 literally years ago. Okay, even before the financial crash of 2008, you can't compare my journey and where I'm at in life to where you're at right now at being 23 in 2023, right? It is different. And I think the problem is social media has mm-hmm. made things seem to a lot of young people like this is the norm. When we were growing up, we were raised that, yes, Michael Jackson is rich. Janet Jackson, Madonna, they're all rich. But guess what? They were also lucky, They were blessed with a talent from God. They could sing. They could dance. They happened to make it. They had the right connections. We understood that celebrity was not something that everybody could obtain. So you have to find a different way, you know what I'm saying, to make it in life. Maybe you went the route of being a teacher or, you know, a realtor or a doctor. But in this day and age, we've made it seem like celebrity is so accessible to anybody. Yes, anybody can start an Instagram account. Anybody can start a YouTube channel. But are you fucking engaging? Do people care what you have to say? Are you, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a whole package to it. It's not just like anybody can just roll over and just become the latest thing on TikTok. Do you, is there something about you that people are drawn to? And I think that's the problem that people are not being honest with these kids. They're making it look like, okay, well, you know, Charlie D'Amelio did it and she got a $4 million deal. But Charlie D'Amelio also got on TikTok at the right time and started doing these silly dances that made her go viral. Well, now that market has been saturated. So you little fourth grade girl, you're not going to be the next Charlie D'Amelio. You get what I'm saying? And, and I just think that these kids have yes. a serious work perception. There's so many kids that feel like, well, I don't feel like I need to do anything else. I can just be a YouTuber and be like Logan Paul and make millions of dollars. No, you can't. Logan Paul is Logan Paul. Mr. Beast is Mr. Beast. And there was a certain fraction of luck that happened with them getting into those positions that they're in. 
You know what I'm saying? Even with me, I started YouTube early. I got in on this when people thought I was crazy. People would talk shit about me at work. And I've been grinding for years. This was not an overnight thing. And I think we have to start having these right. honest conversations with kids because those are the conversations I have with people on Discord. Instead of y'all looking at somebody's rise and comparing yourself to the end of their journey, you don't know what they went through in the beginning to get to where they're at. Right. And also, I feel like another thing that's turning kids more is like, I don't know how to say it. Like some kids, I feel like, I don't know how to say it. They want things, but then when we get them to them, they just like, I don't like, not that, but like some of these kids are just totally checked out when it comes to like certain things. Like when we had like projects at school, I think, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. The kids going to like this. They like, I don't want to do this. I, I think this is stupid. I don't, no, I want to, you know, do all this. And it's like, wow, these kids don't want to do nothing fun no more in school. They just rather just be bored, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's a lot. And, and I feel bad because it's not these kids' fault. Because, trust me, I put myself in this generation's shoes. If I was an eighth grader and this was, you know, me in the eighth grade, guess what? I'd want to be Charlie D'Amelio and you know, Logan Paul and all these people too, because why? That looks a lot more fun than my teacher sitting here stressed yelling. It looks a lot more fun than my bus driver cussing out the bus. It looks a lot more fun than watching my dad come in with a bad back because he's having to lift super heavy patients as a nurse, right? If I can be Mr. Beast and just jump mm-hmm. into, you know, Mr. Beast jumps into 20,000 balls in a swimming pool, that looks a lot more appealing to young kids. So I don't blame them for thinking that. It's definitely not their fault. It's our fault as a society for putting celebrities and influencers on such a pedestal that they matter more than people who really save lives. I love what I do, but and I, I work hard at what I do, and, and this is a blessing to me, but I would never think that what I do is more important than what a lot of y'all do day to day as far as teaching our kids, taking care of people, doctors, nurses, yeah. you know, those jobs are really, you know, saving lives. I think my words and the things I do help people, but I would never compare myself to a doctor or to a nurse, right? And I think we live in a society now where we put people in yeah. my position on a pedestal and we really shouldn't be on a pedestal. We're just regular people. It really should be the people who are out here doing more for society that should be on that pedestal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think sometimes we just need to work on these kids' emotions because like I told you, when you got kids who have been apart from a year, like a year and a half, two years, and then you drop them all in at school at one time, uh, but these kids, some kids are cool, some kids are easy, but some kids, they just like, uh, I, I was like homeschooled, just me and my three siblings, and now I'm about well, I'm 400 kids. I know these kids are crazy, you know what I mean? And I just think we just need to teach these kids like about mm-hmm. uh, like different things. I don't know how to say it, but like different personalities, you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Marlon. It was good talking to you. Thank you so much. See, I, got, I have to go because somebody keeps calling me. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, big old pimp. We'll Bye. see you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Marlon said he got to answer them phone calls, honey. Them girls is calling in. <laughs> Let me stop. Yep, I can hear you. I'm doing you? good. I'm in the process of buying furniture, so I was making sure I was a- <laughs> available to speak. <laughs> 
All right. Are you a teacher? Yes, ma'am. I've been teaching six years, one year as a sub. I primarily teach uh, sixth grade, but the past couple of years I've been teaching seventh and eighth grade. And COVID has impacted us a lot in this age range because a lot of the kids lost a lot of the essential social building skills and um, classroom routines that they get in like the fourth, fifth and third grade. So we had online opportunities Mm -hmm. last year. So some of our kids, this is the first year that they'll be going to school in person for a full year because last year they didn't, they weren't able to approve the vaccine for under 11. So they said that those kids can still stay online. So our district paid personal funds to have that happen. Sorry. So that came out of our district budget. And another thing is we had a big issue last year with kids being distracted online. And um, we were complaining about it. And so what they did this year, they gave us this program called Lightspeed. To where now, not only do we have to teach lessons, have small groups, work with kids on their level. And I got kids at every different level right now. Now we have to monitor their Chromebooks using this light speed program. And it lets you mm-hmm. close out their tabs. It lets you um, freeze their screen. And it's very beneficial. However, where's the time to monitor? You just basically added another job. And it becomes frustrating because instead of giving giving us more help, they've been giving us more jobs. And I find that every time teachers ask for a raise, we lose resources in our SPED department. Uh, we lose resources in other areas in which we need to help us do our job. Yes. Um, another thing that has been frustrating, I don't know if you just want me to vent all and everything, but... Um, another thing that has been frustrating Mm -hmm. is with COVID, we have a lot of people who are now requesting that their kid get tested because they missed three years of school and many of them weren't doing anything online. So it's not that they have an intellectual deficiency. They just haven't submitted work or haven't done work for three years. So some, a lot of the kids... So what were the parents, I guess I'm confused. What were the parents doing in the meantime? So when these kids were just at home online these past few years, because you said your district took a longer time to come back, were they being taught by teachers? Was it homeschooling situations? Um, When we had kids online at home, some parents were there. I I had hybrid classes and I had kids in the background with little siblings and no adults around. Like there was a time where I had to call a parent to say, hey, your kid's screen's not on. And they're like, well, I'm I'm at work and I'm I'm not going to be home for a while. So some parents were home with their kids. Some weren't. Some were Mm. with older siblings or cousins. Um, It's going to it's a it's a varied situation. But. A lot of it's hard to tell okay. with that three year gap if the kid is actually intellectually deficient or if they just haven't learned anything because they haven't done anything for three years because there's no test that can dis- discern the two. 
Right. But we're getting a lot so of kids just, that aren't. It's a messy situation. Yeah, because we're getting a lot of kids who aren't self-starters. There's In middle school, in secondary school, you should be a self-starter. You should already come in when the bell rings. You know what to do. You get your stuff out. You get started. We don't have any self-starters. We have to do a lot of coaching and basically a lot of parenting and walking them through a lot of routines they missed. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much um, for calling in and giving us that information. Um, I appreciate it. It was good talking to you. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your day. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, we can hear you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited. Like, thank you for everything that you do. Um, Everybody appreciates you. I'm sure you hear that all the time. Um, But <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Um, I taught. I've been teaching for two years. Um, I came in because I saw how COVID did the kids. Um, and so I wanted to like make this uh, more like a giving back type of situation. Um, but last year I taught seventh and eighth mm-hmm. grade, and I did more of like um a follow up ELA. They have like two ELA classes. They have the regular one, and then they will have my class, which is like a a stepper type class and then this year i'm teaching um sixth grade ela class and i haven't heard a lot of people talk about this but i will talk about the technology thing i do agree a lot with how um technology is something that kids are addicted to uh last year i had this student he um well first of all the way our high school works, our students are always on the computer. Their classes are run through the computer. However, the teachers are still in the classroom. So the whole like students writing and things like that, it's out the window. They're typing all the time. Their classwork, math, it's on the computer. ELA on the computer, science on the computer. But students will click on to something else, go on YouTube, some of them will even look up porn in the middle of class. Look up big boot. Yes. We had one kid. Not he would literally click on YouTube and play out the moaning sounds on purpose so everybody can be like, ah. Like it, it was just insane. <laughs> but one kid, we have him, he was on the spectrum. And I love him so much. He's such a sweetheart. But one day a teacher came and picked up his computer because he wasn't allowed to be on the computer because he had been looking up porn. They took his computer and he and I was like, come here, sweetie, come sit with me. She picked she literally touched it. Didn't even pick it up off the table. He turned around, ran towards her, punched her and snatched her wig off. I was like, what? It, I was like, what? what? Not granted, he's on the spectrum. But I was just like, I couldn't believe what I was saying. I was standing it, mouth open. I couldn't even move. Like this kid, what? <laughs> Over the computer. So kids are definitely like, um, yeah, that's definitely an addiction. They are definitely, and she didn't even lift, it didn't even move from the table. She just touched it. And he just sensed it, like turned around and ran across the room. But it was insane but luckily like the other teacher said i'm one of those teachers that like the kids like um and all i got to do is just give them a look or sometimes i'll be like i know you're on your phone go put it on my desk no go put it on my desk they know they'll get it back at the end of class um 
But as far as that video, and I haven't heard a lot of people touch on this, but as far as the video, I saw a lot of comments of people saying, um, my kid would never do something like this. Or people would say, oh, kids act differently when they're not around their parent. I hate to say it. Your kid acts the exact same way they do at home that they do at school. You just don't see it because your kid is probably watching TV on their iPad, on their iPhone, and you're out doing whatever you want to do. That's what's happening. And um, I had one parent come up to me. There was a huge fight at school. Um, One little girl even broke her nose during the fight. And she's like, oh, I want to know what this fight was about. Because of the law, we can't tell them what the fight was about. We can only tell them, you know, your student got into a fight. These are the consequences at school. So in this one, this one parent, she's like, oh, I, my, my child, she, we don't do boys. We don't do boys. And in my head, I was like, no, your child doesn't do boys. She does girls. You would know that if you were paying attention. You would know that. So you've got that. You've also got parents that are friends with their kids. They will come to the school. Oh, I'm going to beat your ass when we get home. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I had one teacher last week. uh, His kid was on the bus, had a vape, and was blowing the smoke in the kindergartner's faces, trying to be cool. Sixth grader, blowing the vape in the little kid's school, and Our school, I love our school because we give our kids second chances, but sometimes it turns into third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. So he had to do a presentation on why vapes are bad and why what he did was wrong. And his parent had to come up to the school. And his dad, like his dad came in, he was big, had tattoos. He looked, I was scared. I said, let me just sit down and shut up because I don't want him to slap me. But he says, oh, tomorrow your hair going to be gone. Best believe your hair is about to get cut off. And I was like, oh, he gonna have a peanut head when he comes to school tomorrow. I was excited. He came to school, hair fresh, brand new shoes, <laughs> crispy looking pants. I even asked, are those new pants? He said, yeah. I said, oh, I can see the all $15.99 in your pants. Brand new. Like nothing ever. You just, you just made a whole threat. That's why your kids aren't scared of you. Took him shopping. And then took him shopping. But when he told that little boy, I'm going to cut your hair, he just started crying. He He just started crying. Mm -hmm. But then came to school the next day. Oh, clowning in my classroom. Clowning. I had to put him out twice. And I was scared because technically he got expelled from his last school and he shouldn't have got got into our school. But somehow something happened. He's here. And our principal said if he get into any more trouble, He's going to be expelled. And I I told him, I said, listen, I'm doing you the favor. All I got to do is go tell our principal and you're out of here. He don't care. Mm -hmm. Now, I have been hearing, um, I know here in the Twin Cities. Now, back in the day when you were expelled, you weren't allowed to go to any St. Paul or Minneapolis public schools. Because at that you're not, you're not supposed, supposed to go to an alternative school. And so the alternative school up here was ALC. We mm-hmm. called it Assholes Last Chance. That's that was a nickname for it. Assholes Last <laughs> Chance. So if you were expelled from school, That's you funny. went to Assholes Last Chance or you went to um Totem Town. 
And that was for like juvenile kids. So like kids who got in trouble. A lot of boys went to Totem Town, gang banging, robbery, stuff like that. Well, they shut down Totem Town. Um, I think there's only one ALC um, and it's in the suburbs. Most of the ALCs in the cities, I believe, are not even around anymore. So what they're finding in the inner city schools, because there's no more Totem Town, there's really no other place. What they're doing is a lot of these more violent kids, they're shifting them from school to school to school. So let's say they get expelled at this particular high school. Then they just move mm-hmm. on to the next one. They move on to the next one as opposed to going to an alternative school. So now mm-hmm. what you have in the Twin Cities is you have regular kids, you know, whatever, just the regular average kid. But now you're also going to school with the shooter and the goon, the local drug dealer, the local, I mean, the, the kids that, that's about that life mm-hmm. is now mm-hmm. in school with the regular kids. And that's causing a lot of issues too, because not only are you going to school with the local thugs, they're willing to put in work. They're coming mm-hmm. to school with weapons. They're jumping the kids. They're creating a lot of the chaos where even the teachers are scared of these students. Like they know that this kid is a hitter. Do you really want to confront the kid when you know you might see the kid in the neighborhood and they'll start shooting at you? So what is going yep. on with a lot of these school districts now where they don't even have a... Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. expulsion like back in the day where they're just taking them from school to school instead of putting these kids who are, because it's different to be suspended, but to ex- to be expelled means that you're kicked out of all St. Paul public schools, all Minneapolis public schools. So why is it nowadays that they're just moving kids from school to school? What happened to these alternative schools for these really bad and out of control kids? See, it's like that also, too, because I'm I'm from Indianapolis. So in Indianapolis, we did have a school. I'm not even sure if this, but we only had one school and it was on the east side. But they, it, it's kind of like what kind of happens in the classroom. Um, you have a kid, they're being disruptive. You send them out. You send them to go to somebody else's classroom. They go in there. They act up in there. Then they send them somewhere else and they send them somewhere else. It's kind of just like you have nowhere else to put them. And their parent, their parent going to try to get them in school no matter what. For what odd reason, I have no idea. But um, I really do think it is the no no child left behind situation. I'm not 100% sure. I do know that kids have to be in the school in order for the school to get money because they're just trying to fill seats. Because I will say this kid came in on count day. And they were trying to get kids in, get kids in so that we can report these numbers off to the state so that we can get money in return. Because I, I work for a charter school, so we got to have a certain amount of kids to get some money. Um, but that's when that kid got here, which is why our principal was like, I'm really confused how you even got here. And I just had to really sit and think. I was like, yeah, he was expelled. He's not supposed to be in, in, in another school until the next school year. But yeah, they, they just got them all in there. If you beat up somebody last year, so like we had another kid beat up somebody so bad, they ended up in the hospital um, for like two days. Um, they ended up going to jail. They bailed them out and now they got like a whole court mm-hmm. case. But I mean, everybody's mixed in with everybody. You can have one kid that's, that's so good. Um, and we, yeah, my whole team, the sixth grade team, we recently came up with something where we are, we've been paying attention to bad behavior all school year long to our kids that come in there, do what they're supposed to do every single day. You don't have to talk to them. They come in, they got a pencil. They doing what you asked them to do. When you ask for attention, they are looking at you. They just get overlooked 
And so we came up with a whole like student of the week thing where they get like special things, special treats um, and things like that. But that unfortunately is what happens. And it is turning more from school to a daycare. And it's unfortunate. And the parents, um, they're so quick to be like, oh, not my baby, not my baby. Y'all ain't about to do that to my baby. And they damn baby be the main teacher the in the classroom. Please. The main one. Be the main one terrorizing the whole school. One of the teachers in the chat said she had three shooters in her classroom and they all were all on ankle bracelets. So yep. it's, it's scary. Yep, you'll get it's, that it's, too. it's real. And, um, you know, for people who don't understand this, this is why some of these kids don't want to go to school because they are literally sitting in class next to the hitter, the, the local hitter. And it's, it's a mess. And um, they have started, yeah. they've been doing this for the past at least five, six years where they are integrating the juvenile kids who should be in some type of juvenile schooling in regular school kids. That's why the, the fights are more violent. They're more crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. scary. It's very scary, you know? So understand that there are people mm-hmm. in the classroom with your kids who really should be in juvenile facilities, but because a lot of these facilities, there's no more funding. You know, there's a lot of um, parole officers that deal with teenagers that are quitting by the droves too. They no longer want to be bothered with these badass kids either, just like the teachers. So mm-hmm. a lot of these boys' homes, girls' homes, they're mm-hmm. shutting down, and these kids are in regular school, and they're just moving them from school to school to school. Mm-hmm. So, And they strictly just don't have the they strictly just don't get paid enough. You have all these admin making six figures. And then here you are, you got the people that's actually dealing with those quote unquote hitters. Like they, they're not getting paid enough to have to sit and yell all day long, check book bags for guns, uh, check social media for burn books. We just had a kid last week, create a burn book. Like (laughs) they just don't get paid enough. But the last thing I want to hit on, I'm going to get off of here. Um, Kids, need structure and mm-hmm. you cannot stress that enough it's sad when you got to get the kid in trouble like the kid is in trouble because you told them to be quiet and they wouldn't stop and then it's just so sad but you got parents that are friends with the kids and then you also have some teachers that are friends with the kids i saw like real quick somebody put in the chat like i'm the cool teacher no i'm the teacher that's gonna bust you i'm the teacher i'm giving you structure Oh, yeah. The teachers that are friends with you, when they tell you to be quiet, you keep talking like that's just how it is. Um, And I just wish people understood that. Like Mm -hmm. you don't they can appreciate you. Like, yeah, they'll be mad now. But when they get older, they'll appreciate you for being on them, for teaching them something. But you trying to be friends with them, trying to be cool, trying to talk to them about all this stuff. That's not helping. And people just don't realize that. No, we don't. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you. Thank you. And I'll see you in the Discord. All right. Have a good evening. Bye. Yeah, it is a lot going on in the school system. This chat is off the chain. But yeah, it's it's really real out there. Um, the These teachers are dealing with a lot, a lot of stuff. And one thing that's not talked about enough is you know, when these teachers are having to break up fights and deal with students going back and forth. And like I even said, even in my personal life, students getting killed. um, It's PTSD, you know, because 
people are human. So it's, it's PTSD. You get to know these kids. You're looking out for them. You're trying to teach them. And then that student gets shot and killed. You know, our incident happens at the school and there's not a lot of services in place for these teachers. It's like you're a teacher. Just suck it up. That's part of your job. And um, no, it's not. It's not part of your job to walk away with a broken leg. You know, it's just it's insane. It's like it's one thing for kids to fight, but it's almost like then the kids will turn around and really try to attack and hurt, hurt the teachers. Whereas back in the day, you could break them up and they would stop fighting as soon as the teachers got there. And it's like these kids are fighting till the death almost. I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, I don't even know if Joe Clark, we live in such a sensitive world, Samantha. People, imagine if Joe Clark, if you guys have not seen Lean On Me, that's one of my favorite movies. Um, I don't even know if he could exist in this day and age. They would they would say that he's mean and he's evil and look what he's doing to these kids and he's not using the right pronouns. It'd be so much bullshit. I don't even think Joe Clark could be Joe Clark in 2023. It's insane how much coddling has gone on and not just in the school system, but in society, period. That's a good movie, honey. Free Mr. Clark. He don't care about you because you don't take care of your responsibilities. Don't have me quote lean on me, honey. <laughs> I know that movie front and back, honey. Okay? Some guy's beating a kid right. <laughs> Let me go ahead and bring on Destiny. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. <laughs> Hi, T. Hey, Destiny. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. So I just wanted to come on here because I'm actually a kinder care worker. And I know that's not necessarily like a teacher teacher, but we do teach in the kinder care. Um, are you, don't tell me the kinder care kids are acting a fool too. They are. At that tiny <laughs> age? Yeah. Okay, you would let's be talk. surprised. Let's and talk. Why, what are you seeing? Cause I'm there, you know, I want another little baby and everything child. So the little babies are off the chain too. I wanted to specifically say one thing. Um, I seen a post not too long ago of a five-year-old that had a Krishan Rock birthday theme party. I don't know if you posted No, not Krishan birthday party. Yes. And when I want to say that a lot of these children are watching what their parents are doing, it is true. And it starts yeah. off as little as three mm. and four years old where these kids are starting to talk where they're talking back. They're, they're going back and forth with the kinder care teachers. They can't even make it to second and third grade because they don't have the, the skills. They're, they're really just watching what their parents are watching. You know, their parents got on baddies, so they're watching baddies. And so they see these girls fighting on TV and they go to school mm. and their little four-year-olds and five-year-olds clicking up in the classroom it is crazy are you serious? when i was in third fourth you know grade when i was in you know even in kindergarten i didn't have a click we were in the little kitchen area cooking little food right <laughs> we didn't eating snacks and stuff taking naps everybody was your friend no it's not like that anymore it's not not the baby plastics the little the girls are children out. of the corn they're fast. The little girls are fast. The little boys, I was just talking to a little cousin of mine telling me that a little girl was in class twerking on him. And I want to say, where are the teachers? But honestly, there are no teachers. 
And I know that that's the reason why we're having the conversation right now, but there are no teachers supervising these children. And it's because it's just gotten to the point where I don't want to be teaching a bunch of little adults <laughs> because they act like they know everything. They act like they know everything. And I'm 23. So I have teachers in my family. Um, I have a school um, supervising administrator that does, you know, programs where, you know, prom, she does prom. And my grandmother is a lunch lady. And it's even been issues where my grandmother is telling me that these kids are throwing mm -hmm. food at her. And it's just sad because... Wait, hold up now. I know y'all are not disrespecting the lunch lady. The lunch lady gives us extra fries, extra chicken patties, an extra milk. They are disrespecting the lunch lady? Absolutely. That was the lady. And I wanted to go up to the school and start fighting the kids myself. My grandmother is the nicest person ever, but it's true. These kids are out of control. And I want to say that it's because you know, the parents, but it's honestly because of the media, what the kids are watching. Like I said, you know, this little five-year-old having a Krishan Rock mm -hmm. birthday party, how does she even know who Krishan Rock is? Um, and so I wanted to just also tell my story about how I started kinder care. I started kinder care and I told them that, you know, I was a first time, mm -hmm. you know, teacher and I just wanted to get into the field and see how I liked it. And they put me in the classroom with the babies <laughs> at first. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love babies. I was holding the little babies. I was loving it. And then my second week into kinder care, they put me in the classroom with seven to 12 year olds by myself. Minimal training. I didn't even like have the opportunity to shadow another teacher in the classroom. And when I said these children stepped over me, they stepped over me. I'm five foot nine and a half. I'm a tall lady, <laughs> you know. But these children, they had zero respect for me. They had zero mm -hmm. respect for their parents. Their parents were coming to pick them up. They're telling their mom, I want to go to McDonald's. I want to go to Wendy's. And the mom's like, no, we got food at home. Kids are crying, stumping out the door, grabbing their things. These kids just don't. The, the sense of entitlement is insane. And it is our fault as adults and as parents that they've gotten this entitled. One, when we were growing up, McDonald's was a treat. And you didn't ask for McDonald's. Your parents happened to come home with McDonald's. You weren't allowed to ask for fast food. If your parents wanted to, you know, splurge a little bit, had some extra money, they came home and it was a treat. It was a surprise. You don't get to ask for something that you're not paying for. They don't understand that principle. Even in the classroom, they don't understand that principle. Um, you know, when, when you just posted the video of them fighting, fighting um, the teachers about cell phones. And I was talking to someone earlier and I was saying, these kids don't even own these cell phones. These are your parents' cell phones. You don't pay the bill on it. You never pay for the phone. It's not your phone. So if a teacher takes this phone and then they call the parent and they say, I have this phone, it's their property. It's not yours. And a lot of the mm -hmm. kids, they don't understand that. They want to be in school because it's mandatory. That's what they think. It's mandatory. I have to go to school. Like they have to be there. And then the older kids only there because it's a fashion show. You know, they exactly. just show off their clothes. It's not about learning. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was on TikTok, and I can't even believe that they are allowing some of these kids to wear, like, the Ariana Grande fit. You know, where Ariana Grande has, like, the real short shorts. She on the real long, you know, 
<laughs> you know, sweater. The kids can wear that to school. But I'm like, mm-hmm. if I even came to school and my shorts were too small or my jeans were too, you know, too skinny, I got short cuts in my jeans. I have to go back home and change. So it's like, why is it appearing that these kids don't even have on under, like, under, you know, like pants, you know, with, with these shirts on. So it's just like these kids have even had the entitlement of fashion mm-hmm. in school. And I'm going to be honest with you, when I, I'm from Chicago, and for a lot of schools out here, you have to wear uniform. There was no, <laughs> you know, you get to pick your outfit. And that's that's a privilege mm-hmm. to be able to pick your outfit to wear to school. So, you know, it's just a lot of things in the school um, industry. And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm from C- CPS and it's very underfunded. And a lot of these teachers, they don't deserve that. They really don't. Wow. Yeah, I'm just shocked that it's even as young as the daycare. Because like I said, I knew the junior high and the elementary kids were off the chain. But it makes sense that all of this is trickling down. Because when you think about it, these young one, two, and three-year-olds, these elementary school kids are their older brothers and siblings. So they're also mimicking their older siblings, you know, and the older siblings are watching reality television and, you know, they're loving hip hop and just different things. And I mean, that's insane that babies are clicking up and picking on other babies and and that, yes, wow. absolutely. Like, I've never seen bullying happening at, like, first grade level. Like, you know, I, the amount of bullying I've seen, I've had little girls coming up to me crying, saying, they won't let me play with them. And it's just simple. You know, they playing with blocks. Why she can't play with blocks with you, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's, right. it's getting really sad. And honestly, I feel like for a lot of these teachers, they're just losing their flame. You know, they don't want to see these kids. They don't want to see these kids out. go down the roads that they're going going down. And it's sad. It's not a lot of success stories anymore. Wow. Well, thank you so much for calling in and, and bringing that perspective. Because like I said, I didn't even realize it was going on like that in the daycares. There's a few other daycare workers that are agreeing. Um, Lenise says that, yeah, kids are definitely bullying each other as young as daycare age. So that's really unfortunate. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, T, for letting me come on. Um, I'm going to be back in the little comment section. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for calling in, sis. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on uh, Daphne. Daphne, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi, T. This is my first time. Um, There were, I like, and I feel bad because a lot of my students I had are graduating and they're sending me their graduation invitation. Like, Miss T, Miss T, come to see me. I'm graduating. I was like, I knew you were going to graduate. You're not, you're smart, you know. Um, but I had an incident where I had a student and it was about electronics and um, he was on it and he wasn't supposed to be on it. And I said, you know, you need to put it away. You need to do this. And he said, you ain't effing touching my shit. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cuss, but that's what he said. And I was like, and he wasn't my normal student. He was someone else's. And I was mm-hmm. like, you need to put it away. I'm like, I honestly, I don't care, but you need to put it away. And he stood up and he spit in my face. And I don't know, I don't know what came over me, but I must oh look on my face because my assistant came in front of me and she just said, walk away, Miss T. Walk away. And just kept saying, walk away. And I just, I could not tell you mm. what came over me, but if she hadn't told me to walk away, it would have been on. And I, next thing you know, I'm in the bathroom, I'm crying. I go to the principal. I explain, I write an incident report, all this type of stuff. Nothing happened. 
nothing happened. And the kid was still there, wasn't suspended, nothing. And I just said, I'm tired of fighting. Mm. Like, I go all out for my students. I worked at a school that is predominantly homeless, and I had a student that came to school, and his clothes were raggedy. And he was getting picked on. And so what I did out of my own money, I went and bought him some clothes. And so, cause he was a good, he was smart as hell. And he, he, it just like his parents' choices affected him. So I got him some clothes and some, this, I said, here, you can have some clean clothes to wear to school. Da, 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 da. I sent it home. I never saw the kids in those clothes again. And we had a parent conference and I saw the parents wearing his clothes. And I'm like, yes. And so I was what? like, okay, let's try this again. So I talked to a couple of teachers and, you know, we pulled our money together, bought them some clothes. And I told them, I said, look, this is what we're going to do. When you get off the bus, come to my classroom, go in the bathroom, change out of your clothes, put on the clean clothes. And um, one of the teachers had a washer and dryer in her room. We'll wash your clothes. You wear these clean clothes through the school. The, the, your last period teacher is going to let you leave early. Come back to my classroom, change out of the clothes that we bought for you put on your clothes that you came home, came to school with. And that way we know that you're getting your clothes. And we did that all year until he graduated. And um, yeah, but this is not like that anymore. Wow, It's not like the disrespect, the cussing you out. Um, Parents, I had this one parent cuss me out, call me a white bee, a white bee. If you look at my picture, I'm not white. But she never came to any parent-teacher conferences. She never came to IEPs. And so when I would... So she just heard your voice and was just assuming you were white as opposed to being an actual parent and coming to the school to see you. Why are you calling me about my son? Don't call me about my son, you white bee. I'm sick and tired of you calling me about my son. I'm like, I'm not a white bee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come to... Right. Come, your son is acting up. He tried to stab another kid with a pair of scissors. We need to have this meeting. We need to discuss his violent behavior because he's going to kill somebody. And she's always like, what did that student do? It doesn't matter what they did. Your response to if they bump into you or bother you isn't to grab a pair of scissors and stab somebody. That's, that's not the appropriate response to whatever happened. So I had to leave. I was tired of fighting. And uh, right. 2021 was looking not as good as 2020. And I and I just, I, I had 20 plus years in the school district. And I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't do anything. I can't fight this more. I can't, I'm not getting spit on again. You know, I just can't. And in Vegas, we had a teacher. Yeah. And we had a teacher. So that was the final straw. Assaulted, sexually assaulted and and beat up by a student. The student came after school for tutoring and walked in the teacher's classroom and it's a high school and he attacked her, almost killed her and as assaulted her. And now they're talking about, they're going to get, um, they're going to give teachers an emer- a button yeah, on their lanyard. So if it happens again, you can hit the button for emergency. Wow. But that's not- and I'm sure that wasn't his first go around getting in trouble. He's probably been a problem yeah. child and they just ignored it the whole time. And, and they like, I, when I left, I asked about a student who I was trying to get our, get removed. Cause honestly, I think this kid's going to be a serial killer. And the, the principal kept sending him back, sending him back. And I asked one of the teachers I said, Oh, so how so-and-so, Oh, he got expelled. I was like, how? Oh, he punched the teacher, punched the principal. I said, Oh, so when he was kicking my butt up and down the classroom. <laughs> right. It was okay. But he punched the principal. Oh no. Now he needs to be expelled. 
it just goes to show you there's a big disconnect between the administration and the teachers, and it does not make any sense. No, because this is my last story, and this is going to blow your mind. I had two kids in my classroom, one of two male students in high school. One of them, when they were out of my classroom, was sexually harassing the other male student. Mm-hmm. He wasn't feeling the other male student was like, I don't like this. I need you to leave me alone. We reported it, all this other stuff, nothing happened. So finally, the student had enough of being basically sexually, he was touching him and groping him. He brought a knife to school because he was like, I want you to leave me alone. So they, someone told that he had a knife and they both got expelled, not expelled, they both got RPC'd and the kid that was doing the aggressor got sent to juvie. School year ends, new school year begins. I look at my roster and I see both of their names in my classroom. I go to the administration, like, why are they both in the same classroom? You can't put them in the same classroom. He tried to rape it. Why are you pinning him in the same classroom? We can't do anything about it. You know, he has an IEP. We have to do, you know, da 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 Are you kidding me? And they put them both in the same classroom. I had to put one on one side wow. of the classroom and the other on the other side of the classroom. And I just felt so horrible for this young man because the, his, his attacker... Again, the IEP is being used as a crutch in certain situations. And I was like, there's nothing in his IEP that says he's allowed to try to rape another student. And they put him back in his mm-hmm. classroom. And it wasn't until something happened outside of school where the guy ended up being like arrested and going back to juvie for the rest of the school year. That was the only thing that brought peace to my classroom was he did something outside where an IEP doesn't negate you breaking the law. Right. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is crutches, and I'm not saying that IEPs can't be valid because some kids do need extra help, extra tutoring, extra learning. But what also, what I've noticed over the years, what also ends up happening is that a lot of these kids think that these labels, IEP, ADHD, and, you know, all this stuff translates into the real world. And that's what I was saying earlier. In the real world, the police don't care if you have an IEP. If you break the law, you're going to jail. Nobody cares if you're ADHD. If you're not doing right and you're jumping in people's faces, you might get your ass whooped. We're not in the school system here. You know, so you got to really think that a lot of this stuff is making kids complacent, thinking that somehow this holds weight in the real world, and it doesn't. Nope, I tell them all the time, there's no IEP in the real world. If you go out in the real world and act a nut, People are going to video, apparently people videotape everything. They're going to videotape you acting enough. And like right now I left the school district, but I work with adults with intellectual disabilities. And in the, once they exit out the school district, I help them find housing and find jobs and stuff like that. And I love it, but I miss my kids. I'm just working with my kids. Like my, my last group of kids are graduating this year and they're like, Miss T, are you going to come? And I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm going to come. I'm, I'm That's good for you, but I, I I just, I could not fight anymore. When that kid spit in my face and that feeling came over me, like to the point where the assistant was like, walk away, walk away. Yeah. I, I was like, I, this is, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Cause I'm going to, like the lady says, we, we can't, we can get mm-hmm. more in trouble for defending ourselves. And if I, mm-hmm. anyone yeah. Can- and then imagine if you would have snapped and let's say somebody recorded it. They, nobody cares about your side of the story. And because you're a teacher of color, ain't no GoFundMe. So, you know, it's just a crazy teacher. We're not from this IEP student. And uh, it's, it's sad. It really is. Well, I'm glad you were able to just, you know, 
maintain your cool. And I'm glad that, you know, right now you just, unfortunately, but I think it's better for you and your mental health that you did leave the position. But I just want to say, I, I haven't known you for 10, you know, years. I found you right after my grandma passed away in November of 2021. Uh, and so I've oh. been super since then, you know, I needed something to distract me from the fact that like my grandma passed away and YouTube was like, Hey, how about this person? And then ever since I because um, I really don't know most of the rappers and people who you're talking about, but I feel kind of hip. Like I know, some <laughs> but um, yeah, so I do appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother, but yes, thank you for calling in and thank you for your service, you know, and just understand, unfortunately, sometimes teaching like parenting is a thankless job, but those students that you made a difference in their life, they're they're going to appreciate it so much more than you'll ever know. All right, you guys. So we're going to go till about 730. I know we've been out here for a few hours. So I'm going to take a few more calls. Let me go ahead and bring on Chanel Jones. Hi, team. Oh, my gosh. I got on again. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So I used to be a sub. And the reason why I quit is because of everything that everyone has been talking about. The disrespect from the kids. Just And ironically, I'm in North Carolina too. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the woman in the video. <laughs> but these kids, and I'm not going to make it seem like our generation is so different. Because I'm, 20, I'm 28 when I was subbing. Um, I was like in my early 20s. Um, so I, I kind of quit like recently. But I used to be bad, too. I used to be a problem child. So I was like, yeah, let me do this. Let me reach out back out to my community, try to help kids out and things like that. But these kids are like these kids are kind of like a different breed. Just like in the video, the girl was like literally in the teacher's space, in the teacher's face. It's one thing to be disrespectful from afar and, um, cuss this, you know, bust this, the teacher out, oh, give me back my phone, give me back my phone. And it's another thing to be in that, be in someone's space. So when I was subbing, I had different situations happen to me too. I had, um, a little boy, um, I told everybody to be quiet and then he decided to, he decided to kind of be the main one to be like, oh, I'm not MF and talking and kind of get in my face. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, so I, w- I didn't even know how to kind of approach this situation because I didn't want to put my hands on them. I didn't want to, you know, do anything like that because I'll cuss t- teachers out, too. But I would I was not the student. I was not the person t- to like come into this teacher space. You know, I just I just used to get kicked out, get kicked out. My desk set, set outside the classroom and that's it. <laughs> but these kids are like. I don't know, like, we'll get in your face, we'll get in your personal space, you know, and it's kind of like intimidating a little bit because you're like, okay, they know, hey, this is a teacher, this is an adult, they can't put their hands on me. So I feel like that also takes it up another notch too. And also I was um, subbing in middle schools and I was sexually assaulted by a little boy, <laughs> like multiple little boys. They would come up behind me. And you know, I know little kids are fast, like especially middle schoolers, because when I was in middle school, like in the early, mid 2000s, Kids were fast. All the kids used to like, you know, they're like, oh my God, I got a crush on this teacher. I got a crush on this teacher. But I had a little boy come up behind me and like grope me. Like <laughs> he was making it seem like he was hugging me. He was like, cause when I turned wow. around and he did this in front of the whole calf. Um, so he, t- he, I'm like standing behind and I'm, I'm very petite. And I feel like maybe that's also why the kids weren't respecting me, but I'm very petite and little, but I got a little booty. I got a booty on me. So the little boy came up behind me and grabbed me and like was hugging me, but like, 
like grinding on my butt. <laughs> so he does this in front of the kids and in front of the teachers. So I'm like wow. alarmed, you know, because like you see like kids, like teachers going to jail for sexually assaulting kids and all the other stuff. So I don't want to get nothing misconstrued. So I turn around, mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, I try not to act too alarmed. And he was like, oh, I just wanted to give you a hug or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to give me a hug, you can give me a hug from the front, <laughs> not from the back. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, oh, right. my gosh. Like, so I like I end up quitting. And it was like I was like it was always something. And honestly, I've also dealt with stuff with the teachers too. teachers being disrespectful to students. So I sub. So one time I had to go into an E um, what's it special needs class. It was like with children that were deaf um, and blind. So one little deaf boy was like a little Nigerian boy. He was deaf. Mm-hmm. The, it was a teacher, a white teacher. So she like said something really out of pocket to him, like really crazy. I think she forgot I was there because I was all, all the way in the back of the class. She was like, yeah, you little jackass. She called him a jackass right in front of me. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> like, And I said something like, are you okay? Like, why would you call that little boy a jackass? Like, so I'm like, I done had to check teachers. I done had to check the students for being out of pocket, crazy. It's just, yeah, and, and the teachers, yeah, like what somebody said, teachers aren't also innocent as well either. But yeah, these these students are a, definitely a different breed, and social media doesn't help at all. And now it's like everything can be recorded, so now it's just it enhances everything for sure. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of teachers too tend to not really go as hard sometimes with the discipline because you don't know what these kids are recording. Mm-hmm. I know it happened here in the Twin Cities where this teacher was recorded. Um, I forgot what he had said. They were they were accusing him of racism. They had recorded like part of the conversation and, you know, they posted on Facebook and of course it went viral in the Twin Cities. They wanted him fired. And so, yeah, it can really have a lot of consequences now with, with social media. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, even with the white lady that cussed all the students out on the bus, you know, it can get frustrating. Like I've got to the point where I almost cussed some students out, but I didn't, you know, I was just like, you know, I kicked students out the class. Like, uh, you about to get out of here. You're not talking to me like this or yada, yada, yada. But yeah, white, sometimes our white counterparts get a little bit more grace when it comes to them flipping the F out in comparison to us too. So we got to make sure yeah. as black people do, we, okay. like, we be chill, you know, but honestly going to the video, speaking to the video, um, the little girl, she was in that teacher's face, like literally in her face. And I hear, I seen comments too saying, Oh, well the teacher, it was kept being, it was being aggressive, pushing the little girl, but the little girl was came behind the desk. At that point, you're in my personal, you're in my bubble. <laughs> you're in my bubble. You know, it's one thing to say, give me back my phone, give me my shit back from your, mm-hmm. from your chair. But it is one thing to come into my space. You know, I would have felt threatened too. I mean, just just think about it. I mean, the only way that we make these excuses is in the classroom. Think about if the setting was different. If this was McDonald's, right? And this girl was mad because her fries weren't as fresh or, you know, they messed up on her order. And she chose to go behind the counter and confront a worker. At that point, they have all rights to beat the brakes off of you. We've seen that happen time and time again. You go behind that counter, you're about to get jumped by the whole Popeye's gang. So why, when it's the classroom, all of a sudden the rules change that you can go to a teacher's desk and get in their face and and try and fight them? It's not really that different, though, if you really think about it. That is the teacher's personal space. Like she said, it's one thing to to be yelling from your desk, your personal space, but now you're walking to that teacher. You're going behind her desk. If this was in any other part of society, there's certain rules and regulate. You don't go behind the counter. 
Because once you go behind the counter, you're threatening my safety. And at that point, I can react. So, mm-hmm. you, again, some of these kids got to think twice because, yes, maybe the average teacher mm-hmm. might be like, okay, fine, I'm not going to do anything. But she caught that teacher on the wrong day and she fucked around and found out. I'm just saying. Period. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the little girl, tried, you could tell she was trying to show out and people got phones out. So, you know, now it got social media. So now she's like, oh, give me my shit. Give me my shit. Like she talking like she a grown right. woman off the and street. Somebody like, in the you know? chat is saying, but that was her personal phone. Nobody cares. You being on your personal sure. phone doesn't mean anything when you're distracting the classroom and you're not paying attention. Teachers have the right to say, bring your phone up here or take your phone when you're not paying attention. Are you in school to sit on your phone or are you in school to learn? Let's stop making excuses for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, it's crazy to me how many people were like, you know, of course I've seen people defending the teacher, but I also seen people like, oh, if somebody hit your child, honestly, I wouldn't like, when I do have kids, I wouldn't want my child. If my child was that bold to go behind that desk like that, like you got to expect the unexpected because <laughs> you can't get in someone's personal right. space. You cannot violate someone no matter what the age is. And you can tell the little girl was trying to get booked and you could tell she knew phones was out probably, you know, and that's another thing. Like I said, social media, these little kids be trying to show off in front of the videos. Cause they know, Oh, I, oh I'm out of, Oh, I, I'm out of, ah. and she, and she, like you said, mm-hmm. fucked around, found out. <laughs> and that not going to let you slide. Everybody not going to let you slide. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Period. Yeah, because you don't know. Some people might be at their wits end. You just don't know. So that's the thing. You might want to proceed with caution with some of these teachers. Because some of these teachers are fighting back. She ain't got no panties. She was ready to go. So that's how much she had lost it. Because you would think with her knowing she had no draws on, you're going to be a little bit more demure. She said, fuck it. I'm done. You know, so... The whole situation is unfortunate, but there has to be a respect factor. And I don't believe that there should be cell phones in the classroom. I think they're just a distraction at this point. These kids spend so much time on technology. There needs to be just straight learning in the classroom. I mean, think about when you go to certain um, venues, if you go to court, if you go to certain things, you can't have your phone. And that's just the rule. You can't tell if you're going to court, you can't tell them, well, I need my phone. I need to be on my phone. No, no phones are allowed. No recording. It should be the same way. Yes. Have your phone in your backpack for emergencies, but there's no reason for kids to be on the phone in the classroom because you can't tell me that you're listening to the teacher and on your phone at the same time. Absolutely not. Exactly. You're not, you're not And going, I'm sorry. I just want to bring up one little thing and I'm going to get mm-hmm. off. Um, and looking at the Chicago thing, everything that's happening with Chicago and then the kids coming out, raging, jumping on people's cars, breaking people's shit. They jumped a white lady. I seen a video where they jumped a white lady. I was like, well, Lord, like what in the world? You know, how are you supposed to, what are you supposed to do when some kids, some teens is approaching you about to jump you? Like, should you just be like, oh yeah, these are teens, I'm not going to fight back or are they destroying your damn car? You know, this social media really is like going to be the demise of our, the, the younger generation because like they over here oh yeah let's meet here instead of doing something constructive you know or instead of like saying oh let's come here and have a dance party they over here doing demon stuff <laughs> doing destructive stuff degenerate stuff and it's not just chicago it's i seen baltimore they said the kids in baltimore then did some crazy stuff too did um put a little thing up there say hey everybody meet here at this location and instead of doing something like dance party or just having a party they over here mm-hmm. fighting it's just them being destructive but yeah that's all i gotta say i love you t all right <laughs> love you too and thank you for calling it was good talking to you all right. uh-huh bye all right let me go ahead and bring on okay uh lexi go ahead and unmute your microphone hi t 
Hey, Lexi, how are you? Good, how are you? I just got off of work. So um, I am a seventh grade. Are you a teacher? Yes, a seventh grade teacher. You getting off this late? No, no, no. Um, we do like stuff after school to like get the room set up because we're doing testing right now. So it needs to be. Oh, OK. Um, but yes. So I'm teaching seventh grade. I'm doing English. The school system is a hot mess. First of all, I'm in Nashville. So um, with the recent school shooting, school security has been like on the front of all of our minds. Right. So we have a school resource officer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And when he's there, his time is split between us and a different school. So when the school shooting happened, he left to go deal with that situation, which is understandable. But um, even in a middle school, you need school resource officers. These kids are big. They are violent. And they are at times they're intimidating. They tower over me. Mm -hmm. So I don't care how short we are on different positions we need school resource officers and that's just so they've taken the school resource officers out of y'all schools right now or do they have them no we don't have any not at my school because what happened here i'm gonna explain to you what happened in the twin cities when the george floyd riots happened you had a group of kids at my old high school who decided to start a petition that they wanted all of the police officers the same public school uh police officers out of all St. Paul public schools. They claimed that they were, you know, picking on the black students and they were harassing them more and this and that. So, because again, you know, we're here in the Midwest and the mayors are, are just, 2020 was crazy. They removed every last cop school resource officer, excuse me, out of the schools. And what happened that school year? Violence went up. The fights went up. They expected the teachers mm -hmm. to break up these students' fights. Now, like I said, the family member who works in the school, they work in a particular department, but because they're male, they're told you have to break up these fights. They have found guns on kids. Knives have been brought to school. These teachers are not trained to de-escalate situations where kids have guns and knives that's the police's job and now because the twin cities is so tacked right now with the police exactly. and you know because the police have been quitting like droves ever since the george floyd situation now they physically don't even have enough school resource officers to bring in even even if they want to it's that bad right now so you know this is a really scary situation because it's hard enough to teach a disruptive classroom right but when fights break out, you are literally having male teachers, male staff risking themselves to try and break it up. And if they're not there, they're not available. Then you have the women. And like you said, these kids are as big as grown men. You know, you're talking about kids who are six foot, you know, football players, yes, basketball players, you know, buff. And you as a teacher have to break them up now. That's part of your job description. Not and Tia, I feel so bad. Today, I had to just watch two girls fight each other because at my school, the only thing I remember from orientation, the principal said, if you jump in a fight and you get hurt, don't try to claim workman's comp because this is me telling you now, do not jump in. You let those kids fight and you try to go and find help. So all I could do was just sit there and just, I couldn't do anything. I was helpless. Um, but my issue is, so who do you run to go find help for? Is he going to run in and break it up? 
Exactly. You don't have a school resource officer, so we're going to let children fight till the death? That's what we have to, and luckily they're, they're at an age where they really don't want to, some of them, most of them really don't want to fight. So like, after they got a few good licks in, they've stopped, but you know, get you a couple of students who don't care, who will beat somebody bloody. Right, to death? Exactly. That's really frightening that that's what they're telling teachers that don't jump in because if you do, don't file workman's comp. And again, we're dealing with teenagers, right, who hormones and depression and just all. So kids are going to fight. That's just part of life. Kids are going to fight. But at what point as an adult do you have the proper people in place to break up these fights? You can't just sit back because, like you said, if it's just, you know, Becky and, and, and Susie and they're just trying to front for social media and, you know, throw a few windmills. OK, that's cute. But what happens when it's the, the kid with the ankle bracelet on? Right. Who's the local goon who's going to stomp your head in? And what happens to the kid that he's stomping his head in who really can't fight? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is frightening. Very. It's very frightening. And it's sad that it took like a school, you know, that school shooting took place like about 10 miles from where we are. Um, we didn't go on, on live anything, which is illegal. But mm-hmm. anyways, <laughs> um, there's just so much going on in the system. T, the very first day I got to work, um, a student asked me how to spell lion, like the animal. Not the not knowing how to not spell my sign. Yes. <laughs> I'm offended as a Leo. <laughs> And, you know, I just, I, I about cried, but that's, that's the culture nowadays. And I put it in the chat, but I have a student who straight up to my face told me, my dad told me all I have to do is complete eighth grade and I can drop out. What am I supposed to teach a student who is already set to drop out of school as, as an eighth grader? What am I supposed to do in that situation? I feel help. And, And think about it. The only thing that an eighth grader can do, because he's not even old enough, I don't even think, to work at McDonald's yet, right? What the father's trying to do is pimp up that child for social media. We're going to have you drop out of school, and what you're going to do is make TikToks all day and try and go viral. And then we'll be the next, you know, young TikTok YouTube star. Because eighth grade, where can he work to really provide for the family but social media? Or the daddy's going to make him be a full-time gamer. Mark my words. Yeah, and you know, T, I live in in an area where... There's a lot of construction. So a lot of their their uh, fathers and uncles, they work in construction. Now, that's a job where you probably can be, shoot, 10 years old and doing it. That's true. Under the table. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so sad. And the thing about restorative justice, I'm, I will stand 10 toes down on this. Restorative justice was made by a bunch of woke white folks who have never, ever been put in a position where they're in a room full of bad children who are threatened and fighting and doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Restorative justice is all well and good, but that needs to come after some sort of for- firm consequence. You can't just do restorative justice with no consequence. And that's what my school is doing. So we have a system where the student can get in trouble four times, only four times throughout the week, and then they go to the office. But that four times resets every two weeks. So if you think about it, a student can come in there and cut up every day for two weeks and not see a principal's office or anything. We're not even allowed to write them up twice in a block. So he can go to all four of his classes or her classes and cut up and not see an office or referral or nothing. 
So are these conversations being had with like the school district, the school boards? Because from what I'm hearing from all of you teachers who have called in today is the same thing that I hear from my teacher friends here in the Twin Cities. Um, are these conversations being had that all of this that this coddling and these these what you call reformative programs, they're not helping. Removing ISS, removing the consequences, they're not helping these kids. And I mean, is there any plan for what they're going to do to rectify this? Or is this, well, it's not helping everybody just move to, you know, being taught by AI and staying at home? Right. But see, the issue is this is a top-down thing. So my school didn't come up with this. The district did. And then, you know, of course, the district is going to say, oh, no, well, it's a state thing. And so the buck just goes up and up and up. So it's not like we can to our principal mm-hmm. and complain about it because he's going to say, hey, I'm doing my job. Y'all need to go talk to the district. And district is going to. People in the chat are saying that the district doesn't care. And the problem is the people in the district who are making the decisions, they're not the teachers. They're not the people in the classrooms. Just like when they took out all the police officers out of the schools here. Well, it's easy for you to say, yeah, take them out because George Floyd and, you know, Black Lives Matter. But when the fights break out, are y'all going to be here to break up the fights? Nope. No. Are not. And that's, it's just awful. It's people who have been out, removed from the classroom like 20 plus years making rules and what have you about a classroom in a totally different era. And it's just crazy to me. But I have one more point I want to bring up, T. Um, I had eight IEP students in my mm-hmm. room. I'm not a special ed teacher. I'm not qualified to teach any special education children. I could have been sued by all eight of those parents. But because we have such a shortage of staff, um, I had to be a special ed teacher and a gen ed teacher for all of those kids. And um, the bus driver, there's a shortage of, shortage of bus drivers. Wow. See, my class starts at nine o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock. These buses don't get there until 945. So I'm missing a whole hour of instruction with some of my kids. And it's because they can't find anybody to drive the buses. These kids aren't being fed. They can't find cafeteria workers. Um, We can't find school counselors. So not only am I a special ed teacher and a gen ed teacher, I'm a counselor. Um, Our nurse is off duty. So only diabetic students are sent somewhere else to get the care that they need. But I'm a nurse too. So like it's all falling on the classroom teacher and it just feels like we're at a gridlock. Nobody can do anything about it, really. Wow. So you guys are really being overworked. Um, somebody, other teachers are agreeing with you. Somebody says that she was given three IEP students. And that's shocking to me because IEP students are never even supposed to mix in with the regular students. They're supposed to have a special classroom, a special area, usually down at the end of the hall or downstairs in the basement. But they're not even supposed to be around the regular kids because some of them, you know, wreak havoc and they have to be in a special type of environment. So I can only imagine they're not even getting the care that they need because they're being put in with, you know, the regular students. And that's probably causing a lot of emotional conflict for them as well. I mean, granted, all of them aren't behavioral, but I'm just saying some of them, you know, depending on what their IEP is. But again, like you said, you're not an IEP teacher. So for them to stick 10 kids, that could be a lawsuit, you know? Yeah. 
and they are, they are t- had, uh, let me work in a different county with a little bit more money and parents who don't have nothing to do but, but look around and figure out how to sue somebody. I could have been sued by all eight of those parents and they would have been well within their rights to sue me because I was so far out of compliance. But uh, luckily we got an EE teacher that comes in there um, every now and then. Um, and then, sorry, I said one last thing. One last thing. We are not fail students. That's still a thing. Um, every at the end of each quarter, I have to bring up all my grades that are below a fifty to a fifty-five. So yes, that's all I want. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you, Lexi. You good talking to you too. Bye. Um, let me go ahead and bring on KJ. Hi T. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. Me and my niece love you. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> we love you. She's going to be so hyped right now. Um, but I have been teaching Thank for you. 10 years. I'm 34. I've been teaching since I've been 24. I'm a special education teacher and I run the special mm-hmm. education department. And I agree with what everybody said already. So I don't want to repeat what everybody already said. But I just want to mention that nobody has mm-hmm. talking about or spoke on the community. Or the parents. I totally blame a lot of the things that are happening on parents in society and what we uphold and deem important. I've had kids tell me that they do not want to go to college and they want to be on like the Baddie South show or they want to be a YouTube star, right? Mm. And so we uphold violence, right? Yep. Ignorance. And that's what's being reflected in our schools. Also, mm-hmm. parents aren't involved as they should be. Parent-teacher conferences, no parent show. We are blocked in my school from a lot of parents' phones because they don't want to hear about it anymore. They're tired. Oh, so they just block y'all they just now. Block so y'all the call? No, we can't, can't even get, get through. through to talk about wow. their child. So if the child needs to get picked up, I can't. We can't get through. They're not coming. So they're just sitting there. That is insane. This is not a daycare. Like, what if something is wrong with your child? What right. if your child gets sick and they need you to come get your sick child? Exactly. Also, after school programs is like non-existent because they expect teachers to fill in that little, that gap. Like Lexi was talking about, we fill so many holes and parents aren't speaking up. Parents aren't saying anything. There's been fights on my block where adults have watched our kids fight and not say anything, not even break it up to the point where uh, a girl threw a bottle and bust open another child's head and adults just watched. And where do you think they're getting that idea of throwing water and bottles? Reality television. Social media. And I feel like parents also mm-hmm. aren't monitoring their uh, kids' like phone use. Like, why do they have like a, a mm-hmm. fake Instagram and you don't know about it? Threatening, harassing, bullying. But we as the school find out about it and you have no idea. Your child is coming in tired, sleepy, hungry because they're oversleeping, not eating because they're on their phones. Where are you, parents? They're on their phones. I remember in Cali, we had a big discussion on Instagram one year because I was pissed. Mm-hmm. They had this, this when my son was going to school in LA. We were living out there for a while. They decided to push the start time of the school back from, I believe they had to be at school initially at eight. They pushed it back to like nine, nine thirty, because the kids were coming to first hour tired. And it pissed me off as a parent because one, yes. in the real world, if your job says you clock in at eight, You better be that 755, okay? These kids are not tired because, oh, they're stressed. They're tired because they're up all night on the game. They're up all night watching YouTube videos. They're up all night on their cell phones. 
You got to go in after them and you know how many times I go in my youngest son's room at least twice a night and make sure he's actually asleep. We don't, we, you know, you don't push back the time. Oh, that had me hot in LA. Parents they push the us. time back an hour. Exactly. And we have parents come to us. I don't have kids. So they're asking me, like, how can I get my child to get off their phone? How can I make my child go to sleep? How can I make my child go to bed and respect me and respect my household? And I'm like, I'm a teacher. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a teacher. That's what I went to school for. I can't tell you how to manage your home. Like, I just can't. That's not right. my role. That's not my job. So when I first started, I really thought I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I watched the movies about teachers changing the lives of kids, you know, one student at a time. And I really thought, like, I could be the change. And then when I come in 10 years later, you have parents cursing me out for calling you about your child failing. And you have no clue that they're failing. That's crazy. So, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time, but that's just my perspective. Like, yes, there's a system in place to keep, you know, underserved people of color students, you know, in a certain, uh, you know, place. But we as the black community also need to, you know, like take ownership of what's also happening in our homes. So I just wanted to say that. I definitely agree. And thank you so much for calling in. Thank you made so many good points. Thank you. Bye. Good night. All right. Have a good night. All right. So this is going to be our last call. Um, the Duchess Six, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. How are you doing? Oh, today? my God. I've had such a busy day and I only woke up and just saw your message that you were going on a live and jumped on. And I'm so sorry. I've missed everybody speaking ahead of me. So I don't know fully exactly what you're talking about. But the last lady that spoke, Jay, is it KJ? I was so pleased that she actually brought that mm -hmm. up because I was going to say about community and about family, about parents and how they interact with their children, but more importantly, how they interact in the school itself. I used to teach about 20 years ago and I gave up the profession. Yeah, I gave up the profession. Oh, wow. I didn't give up because of the students that I had because they were by and large really lovely students. I gave up because of my fellow teachers. Um, in the United Kingdom, about 20 years ago, you were able to teach without having a teaching degree. And so when I came on the scene, I actually went and got my teaching degree at one of the most prestigious teaching schools in the United Kingdom. That caused problems with my fellow teachers, especially being a black female. I was the only one in my department. I used to teach psychology, sociology and philosophy. And that caused a great deal of problems. Um, there was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of racism and there was a lot of anger. And the funny thing about it was what I noticed that was translated not just onto me, but onto the few black students that were in the the college that I used to teach at to the extent that um, I ended up leaving because one particular teacher was so disgusted by a young black boy who was, and, and there's a lot of things where white teachers, especially female teachers are incredibly scared of young black boys. They tend to be taller. They tend to look more manly as they say in their opinion. And so for them in, 
automatically that translates to I can't deal with them, I can't handle them. So one of the teachers decided that she was going to make sure that this young man never went on to university. So she took it upon herself to contact the exam board, completely rubbish this child and his work, and they failed him. So he never got to go to university and it was accepted and they all laughed they all laughed in the, the the teacher's mess room to say you know we've got him we've got him now and at the end of the day he's never going to get amount to anything yeah he'll never amount to anything so suffice to say i wasn't happy about that and the worst part about it was when i tried to contact this young man's parents he was from a single home the mother wasn't really interested so KJ's point about the community, about parents and about how they interact with the school, that is key. That is one of the main things, especially as black parents, that we have to ensure that we are always on top of it. We are always on top of them working, the work they bring in, making sure that they do all the work they have to do, mm. submit it when they have to submit it and taking part in parents meetings, etc. Without doing that, we'll be lost as a community because it starts with education. If you have no education, you're going to find it really difficult to interact with this world, especially if you're a young black person, especially if you're a young black male. That's key. Exactly. So now let me ask you, are you guys seeing, because I know you said you, you stopped yeah. teaching years ago, um, because there's a lot of just chaos oh, God, in the yes. school system here in America. Um, you've seen the fights I've posted I have with teachers indeed. and students, the most yeah. recent one, um, with the lady with no pants <laughs> on, fighting the little girl over the phone. You think like crazy in the States. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do y'all go through that in the UK? The kids in the UK, do, that, do you think that they're more respectful? Has things no. changed in the past 20 years? Are they more off the chain now too, like the American students? Because what it's a lot insane. of the teachers were saying is that what they're seeing, even with the younger kids, as young as daycare, elementary school, they're mimicking social media. They're mimicking these reality TV shows, how they're cooking up and bullying each other. They're mimicking what they're seeing. So are you guys seeing that in the UK where the kids are becoming more off the chain like here in the US? It's it's it is it's really bad. I don't know. I'll, I'll make no mistake. Um, Choice about that. It is really bad over here. They're not just mimicking what they're seeing on social media. Whatever they're doing in, within gangs is what they're bringing into school. So we've had two occasions where headmasters who have gone to interact with children have lost their lives. The first teacher was a man called Mr. Lawrence. He was stabbed to death by a student. Um, the second one was about, I'd say about seven, eight years ago. Again, thankfully he didn't lose his life, but he was stabbed by a student as well. We have instances of fights that break out, but the thing about it is what we're, what we're noticing over here is teachers now are reluctant to get involved when students are doing what they see on social media, the fighting, the back chatting. You, you, I saw a, something online that you posted about a teacher that ended up breaking her leg, a student attacked a black lady and, and broke her leg. Those mm -hmm. sorts of things, they do occur. But what tends to happen is the teachers take a back seat and they just let students 
fight it out. We had an incident about three months ago where a group of students decided that they hated this black girl and they made a point of saying, we are going to now attack her. They didn't wait until they walked down the street. They attacked her within the school, dragged her out by her braids, said they're going to rip the braids out of her hair. And they literally did rip the braids. Yeah. And I as a, on the strength of Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The there. There exactly. There and no one did anything. Did if anything, anything, the girl, the white girls who were beating this black child up, they was they were egging the children on. They were literally calling up all the children that were standing there and telling them, "Beat her, kill her, kill that n word, kill this that." And the teachers were just standing there doing absolutely mm-hmm. nothing about it. And it's now got to the stage where. We have a group of people, there's a black collective over here who will now march on schools um, and they will basically surround schools and they will march and they will demand action. That's that's how it is. It's literally we are doing education via protest. That's the only way I can describe it, where you'll have large swathes of people from different communities coming together and marching on schools to demand education for their children. But where teachers are concerned, now it's got to the stage where they don't wish to deal with the violence because unlike in the US where you've had it just teachers, uh, children fighting teachers, here it's more dangerous. It's a stabbing. It's a wait for a teacher outside when they get to their car and beat them up or have a gang from the local youth group or wherever that will go and beat that teacher up outside their home or attack their children. So it's a lot more dangerous over here. It really is. I mean, it's got to the stage, like I said, where we have constant strikes. We've got constant teacher strikes. Teachers now are more on strike than they are teaching. And it's going to continue because they've had enough, basically. And I understand that because, as I said, when I used to teach, the amount of time that it takes to do prep for teaching, to do marking, to do lesson planning, you don't have any time to yourself. And then when you um, couple that with not getting paid a decent wage, and then you have parents that themselves can be quite violent. We've also had that. I don't know if you have that over there where where parents are quite happy to turn up at school and fight a teacher physically because of a child not getting a grade they think they should get or the fact that they feel that a teacher's not treating their child in the way that they should be treated. We have all of that over here. So as I said, it, it's it's bad. Education is bad. I mean, over here, we've had at least 80 to 90,000 teachers have left the profession up to 2020, 80,000 teachers have left. We can't even employ teachers at the moment. That's how bad it is. And the lockdown didn't help because what it did was, because a lot of children were being taught at home via computer, a lot of people now are finding that their kids don't want to go to school. So they're literally doing lessons via the computer. Yeah, one of the things that we brought up earlier is that we feel like the whole lockdown mm. situation was definitely a way to usher in because there's no we're we're oh, are you? okay. Too. There's not enough teachers. Oh yeah, it's really bad. You'll have to go back mm-hmm. and listen. So what's gonna end up happening is I believe they're gonna end up going back to virtual yes. learning and teaching the students with AI. Yes. They're already starting to program the young kids to be receptive mm. to an AI teacher. Yes. They're already starting that testing. Well, the funny thing is, I know of two schools at the moment that are using, is it this chat PT or some AI thing? That chat you can, GPT-5 that's, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, which funnily enough, that's it. Funnily enough, Elon Musk was so against it, but he's now decided that he's going to develop his own truth chat 
whatever it is, which I just find wild. But yeah, they, they, I know that there's two schools that are doing that. And there's a couple of schools that are actually using robots. Okay. They're doing it via this whole, oh, we're going to teach children how to code and program. But at the same time, it's these robots that are actually teaching kids in certain schools at the moment it's primarily private schools because they can afford the robots and all the high-tech stuff that they need but that's going to come to schools like you said lockdown has given them the template and the template is why should we bother to have teachers going on strike paying teachers when we could actually just sit a child in front of a computer and get them to learn at home there's no overheads. We don't have to pay a teacher. We don't have to come into school. We don't have to see these kids. We don't have to interact with them and, and, and their violence if they choose to be violent. So it makes it, it's like, it's to them, it's a win-win situation. At the moment, what I'm noticing as well with a lot of people that I've been speaking to who are still teachers that are friends of mine, what they've noticed is that they've, because since lockdown, younger children are finding it very difficult to interact with their peers. And a lot of them are very non-communicative so although they can speak they choose not to speak they have this disconnect and a lot of that is because a lot of them especially the younger ones didn't interact with kids they were at home they didn't learn anything so now they're having to go to speech therapy they're having to go to sort of like community classes where they can sit together and learn to re-interact with each other it's quite frightening when you think about it i mean i had a i had a, a teacher and, and like i said we have different schools i don't know if you have different schools where you deal with children um who have m- mental illness or children that have been gone through abuse children that um have actually been in the, in the um, legal system i'm talking children as young as seven and so they're they're taught separately mm-hmm. those children have become more violent. I have a friend who's a doctor. She's a doctor of child psychology. And she also teaches children with autism, children that have got disabilities. Some of them have become so violent that one of them, when she was pregnant, attempted to kick her down the stairs so she could lose the child. She... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh she deals with children that have real social anxieties and problems. And pre-pandemic, pre-lockdown, you could just about get through to these children. Since lockdown, because they were isolated, they were at home, some of them in homes that are abusive. Now, coming back to learn, it's like you can't get through to them. Mm-hmm. You, you, it, it's, it's, it's as if they've got a complete disconnect with reality. And so they're more violent. And those are the teachers that you need to be able to teach these children. And they are leaving wholesale. There's just no point to the job. There's no point to it. Yeah. It just seems like the whole pandemic and the whole COVID thing was just one test. It was one big, you know, just watching the world shut Mm -hmm. down and, you know, just watching how human beings interact, don't interact. It was a one big social experiment. Yes. And I think we're going to be paying for that for years to come. Oh, it God. Really yes. It up a lot of children. Um, it has. Adults, not just children. Yes. I mean, yes. I find myself at least once a week saying, I wish I could go back to 2019. Oh, my God. Like 2019, <laughs> 2020 were just stolen from me. Before yes. it was like, oh, I missed the 90s. I'm literally like, I missed 2019. 2019. Because nothing is as it was. Nothing. I'm telling you, it's the marker. And the and the worst part about it is, it's like today I was listening to an MP, and this is what disgusts me about these MPs, congressmen, senators, etc. Now that lockdown is over, now that they've made their money out of it, now that, you know, some people are, are like ragging on them for what they've done to us, because it literally, to me, it was like a social experiment, to be honest with you. We were lab rats as far as 
as I'm concerned, during lockdown to see how we would interact, not getting involved. Mm-hmm. He, one of them is now coming out to say that they'd actually put a directive in place that people who were older, people who were sick, people that had diabetes, people that had disabilities, people that would have long-term illnesses that the government would have to pay for in terms of ed- um, healthcare, etc., that they put a directive in place to basically let them die, to kill them, essentially, to give them combinations of melazepam and morphine and allow them to die. So it basically was state-sanctioned murder. They're now actually coming out and letting you know what the plan was during lockdown. So if they could do that to people that they deemed unworthy because they didn't want to pay yeah. towards their health care, et cetera, could you imagine what they did to the rest of us and our children watching how we interact and deciding how they can use that to make policies and design policies to save the government and themselves money? That's the frightening thing about it. And I think education yeah. and the way that we they, they, they choose to do education, especially for those that are younger, they are the people that are going to suffer as a consequence of lockdown. Because as you said, I believe that they use that to be able to um, basically put in place things where they could use robots, AI, chat box and all the rest of it so that children will end up just staying at home. Because if they're in, in their house and they're learning in their house, that's less time for them to be out there causing problems. That's less time for them to be in the school system causing problems. That's, that's how I see it. Yeah. I believe that's what that's going to be the eventual goal. But thank you so You're much welcome. for calling in. I'm glad you I'm, so, I'm so glad in. I was able. Like I said, I literally just woke up and saw that you'd sent the message. And I thought, oh, my God, I've missed it. So thankfully, at the end of the day, I have jumped on. And I'm ho- I hope that my contribution was, was OK. That's what I can say. Yeah, because a lot of us were wondering after a while, like, is this just the American school system? No. Is everywhere else OK? No. But it seems like it's starting to happen globally. I mean, yeah. a lot of people tend to think like, even in Asia, they're starting to have problems with their kids being more wild and a little bit. Oh, yeah. Not as much as here, but they're definitely, you know, they're definitely turning up over there, too. Oh, you better believe it. Especially China, I think, will have a big problem because, like I said, China, a lot of people are into um, social media and they're seeing what's happening in the West. Mm-hmm. And they're not here for the Chinese state, you know, sanctioning them and, and telling them what they can and can't do. We're seeing more and more protests taking place there. You know, more and more people starting to realize that, that their government is not what it should be. So you will start to see that. And the first place you always see that sort of thing is with the young, with education, with schools and colleges that's where you'll see it so it is happening globally most definitely yeah it's going to be interesting to see all this play out but once again thank you so much for taking time out to come. not a problem my darling hopefully the next time before they shut down spotify which i could cry about you will do another one before before it all goes okay well thank you no problem darling i'll post it if we okay then you take care thank you All right, you guys. So we've come to the end. This has been a wonderful show. This reminds me of the show that we did for the nurses. And um, just thank you so much for all the teachers, all their hard work. Thank you to everybody that called in today and shared their story, who came to the chat. Um, I mean, I I learned a lot, and I'm sure a lot of you guys learned a lot. And I hope this teaches us um, to appreciate those in the educational system. You know, the teachers, the bus drivers, 
the principals, the lunch ladies, the janitors, the people who just make the school system what it was, because these are places that we send our most precious cargo, right? Our children to, you know, so we have to start doing better as parents, as the community and as kids, you know, kids understand that you're Teachers are humans, too, you know, and to give them that respect. And I think it starts with having discussions like this and opening up, you know, platforms for people in these fields to be able to discuss what's really happening. Because, yeah, it's easy to watch a viral video of a teacher and a student fighting. But I think having this show is really showing the nuances of what that teacher was going through when she decided to fight back the student or what that bus driver was going through when she cussed out the kids. And I just think that we just have to get to a space where we start raising better, healthier kids, you know, and again, it starts in the home. It's on the parents. You have to really think about the things that you're exposing your children to. I'm shocked to hear that this is happening as young as kids in daycare you know, mimicking behavior that they see on social media and on reality television. So as parents, of course, none of us are perfect, myself included. We're all learning. But while we're learning, let's also try and do a little bit better, you know, because we have to leave something for these kids. And at this point, where we're leaving them is a mess. So on that note, you guys, I just want to thank everybody. Like I said, once again, um, if we can do another show next week, um, I will definitely try. We have a few more days before Spotify Live shuts down. So maybe we'll be able to do one more show and, you know, maybe we can talk to, um, you know, another field, maybe police officers, you know, juvenile um, police officers that deal with the juvenile justice system. I don't know. We'll see what people want to talk about. Maybe we can squeeze one more show and I think that'd be awesome. Um, just let me know. Send me a message. But everybody, have a good night. I love you guys. Stay safe. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. If you're here to enjoy the tea, then feel free to chat with me. Come on and talk to me. I really want to know.